This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Turning now to the latest in the fourth indictment of Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants. We're learning the Fulton County DA wants to take this to trial on March 4th. All this is the former president is still going full steam ahead on his 2024 presidential campaign. The first Republican presidential primary debate of the campaign right around the corner. Just around the corner. In fact, that debate is next Wednesday and Trump is already saying he's probably not going to end up going or showing up because he doesn't need to. That's because the polls are showing he is blowing away his rivals. Despite what the former president and his allies have said for now more than two and a half years and continue to insist to this very hour. The Georgia election was not stolen and I had no right to overturn the election on January 6th. We're going to turn now to the horror in Maui, the desperate search for the missing, the death toll surpassing 100 now. Here for the first time, video believed to be at the start of what could be the earliest reported fire on Maui. A witness describing what appears to be a flash in the distance. Surveillance video of a spark, a flash, a downed power line. Did this moment play a role early in this disaster? If anybody here hasn't seen him or heard him speak yet, well, you're in for a treat because he's going to bring you to church. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna bring you to church. I give you Curtis Lewa. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. Kathy Hochul, you have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York, for American citizens who need to be hailed, healed. So make use of Creedmoor for what it was built to do, to help people with mental health care issues, not house illegal areas. I seen two of y'all walking off over there, and you got to keep teammates fighting. What do you do there?
Eye of the Tiger, Rock. Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. That's how we start at 6.07 on your Thursday morning, New York City. This was from, which Rocky was this from? Was this Rocky 3 or 4? I forget. I want to say it's Rocky 3, right? I want to guess 3 as well. Club of Lang and Mr. T and all that. Every weekend on uh, some TV channel, they've got the Rocky Marathon. <laughs> I mean, every weekend I, I walk past one of the TVs in my house and Rocky 4 is on. But I believe this one, Survivor Eye of the Tiger, came from Rocky 3. You have a right. Yeah. It's when he knocks down the statue. Remember, he's in Philadelphia. He knocks down. Oh, no, he doesn't knock it down. He throws his um, motorcycle helmet at the statue. He's all pissed off and clubber lying and... And Mickey dies, and it's a, it's a rough one, Rocky III. 1982. Yeah, that's that's where his body oh, became sick, because he was a big guy in Rocky One and Rocky Two, but he had no real muscle. He wasn't, um, uh, maybe he had muscle, he wasn't cut. And he came back after Rocky Two with this ridiculous body, which he even described as a very, very difficult diet. He must have done a ton of roids. He went from kind of a big, flabby, Boxer to this pinup model between Rocky Two and Rocky Three, but that's where it all started to jump the shark. And I liked Rocky Three. Don't get me wrong. Again, Mr. T, Clubber Lang, it was all good. But by Rocky Four, by the time you get to Drago and that ridiculous USA Russia thing, then it was basically over. So I, I believe it started to jump the shark at three, Eye of the Tiger, and four, it was done. It's over. I must break you. <laughs> I mean, so stupid. His accent was terrible. The only thing worse was Brittany Gaston. Not Brittany, um, what's her name? Um, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, tall the, yeah, the one Brigitte. That, Brigitte Nielsen. Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, she was a horrible actress. <laughs> She's playing like a Russian mother, I mean, the Russian uh, wife of the Russian leader, and it was just horrible. Yeah, the the it, whole thing was terrible. It was a bad it was movie. Terrible. Bad. Yeah, but I had the Tiger make sense this morning on a, on a bunch of different levels. First of all, my friend Curtis Sliwa who I spoke to a bunch yesterday, and I I made it clear to him that he can't, if he gets arrested, that he can't spend any time in jail. And he assured me that being his ex-wife is Queen's DA Melinda Katz, and she needs the child support money that she wouldn't keep him in jail, that she'd make sure he got to work. But I said, Kurt, I need you. I know you can get arrested. He did, too, and he did. Now 78 arrests on the very impressive resume for Kurt Sliwa. Number 78 coming last night, but I of the Tiger Man, he's right. He called out Mayor Eric Adams. He called out the governor, Kathy Hochul. And as it turns out, if you folks are not aware of this, there's actually a little back and forth with these two. Now, they're both cowards. Now, I like Eric, but he shows a lot of cowardice a lot. And what am I saying that for? Well, I'll tell you why. Because instead of just coming out and ripping people, he always has to rip them butt. You know what I'm saying? The federal government, I need their help, but Biden's doing great. Bail reform is killing us here in New York, but Hochul's doing great. There's always a butt that kind of protects him, talking about butt, on the backside. To me, that's cowardice. Just come out and rip ass. Well, Hochul is um, a player now. Well, maybe not her. I guess it's her attorney. But let me play the comments, then I'll get to Noam Layden. Kathy Hochul on New York 1 getting really testy with New York City and Mayor Adams 
Here's what it sounded like, Lewis. Kathy Hochul, cut number six. Let's be very clear. You cannot involuntarily take people from the city and send them all over the state of New York. Putting someone in a hotel on a you know, dark, lonely road in upstate New York and telling them they're supposed to survive is not compassion. Yeah, so she rips Adams. Adams is always talking about what a great humanitarian he is and the, the compassion. And Kathy goes, you take somebody in a hotel in Swan Lake in the middle of the winter, not exactly compassion. The Mayor Adams didn't like that, and he did respond. This is Mayor Eric Adams Lewis, cut number seven. If her observation is that here's some things that you can do differently, we're all in. One thing no one is stating that we didn't do. We've housed 100,000 people, unlike any of the city. And he goes on to say, listen, don't confuse the issue. Yes, we may get testy every now and then, but we still love each other. Yuck. Eric Adams, cut number eight. People want to see the governor and I fight. That's not going to happen. Why not? I like her. She likes me. Yuck. And the things that we can learn from each other, we are going to do together. Two geniuses. So Fabian Levy, my friend from City Hall, I actually do like Fabian Levy. He spoke yesterday on the Hochul Adams tension. And here's what Fabian Levy had to say, Lewis. Cut number 10. I don't think there's any kind of uh, dispute here, just to be very clear. Uh, the governor and the mayor have a great relationship. I have a great relationship with my counterparts. A lot of us, like, we have good personal relationships with our friends in this state. Uh, we are very happy that they're willing to step up and do a lot more. Uh, remember, over the last year and three months, four months, we have put 100,000 people, 101,000 people, uh, given them shelter, food, care, and more. And we have been asking for state and federal additional state and federal help since last year. So we're happy to hear that they want to do that. And we will communicate every single day like we have been doing. Look, the fact is, Mayor Eric Adams, he's not getting it done. He's got a lot of excuses, and a lot of you buy it. I mean, I had to yell and scream at Governor David Patterson on this show just two days ago. After going to the Met game with David, I love David. But the excuses he was making for Adams in this migrant crisis was nauseating. Again, the risk of repetition. Eric Adams, early on, we're a sanctuary city. Come one, come all, come on, baby. I'll throw the homeless on a bench. I'll kick the veterans out. I'm your guy. Come here. Fancy hotels, meals. And we started to see how some of these people appreciated that by having fights in the stairwells and leaving booze all over the place and food everywhere and basically spitting on the streets of New York and saying things like, I want better treatment. And then one day, Eric woke up and said, wow, we got a lot of folks here. Now I don't know what to do. Now I can't be that welcoming committee. And guess what? At that point, it was too late. And I can't just erase a year's worth of, come on, baby, I'm your guy, because now he's in trouble. And that's why I'm going to make this comment right here, right now. Curtis Sliwa, arrested again last night, needs to run again. I understand that folks make fun of him, the beret. David Patterson on this show just two days ago called him basically a circus act, a sideshow. See, I can get past all of that. It's like I can get past Donald Trump's tweets. I can get past Donald Trump's stupid verbiage every now and then. 
Because I know this, Donald Trump proved to me for the better part of three and a half years, he's one of the greatest presidents in the history of this country. His policies are perfect, and I need that guy back. Same thing with Curtis Sliwa. I can get past the beret. I can get past his diction, his vocabulary, all that, knowing, knowing that nobody, nobody since I've been alive has done more for this city, dedicated their lives to this city, cared more for this city than Curtis Sliwa. Last night, again, evidence of that. And now, finally, Curtis Sliwa is talking about, yes, running again. He made that statement last night right outside of Creedmoor. Curtis Sliwa, who will join me in about 45 minutes, Lewis, cut number four. Let me make mention that suggested that maybe uh, I take on Eric Adams in two years. The swagger man has no plan. I'm going at him because we need to save our city. Let me say this right here, right now. Whether Eric and I have dinner again, lunch again, or he's back on this show, it's been very quiet, you can tell. It don't matter. I'm endorsing with 100% fervor and enthusiasm Curtis Sliwa as the next mayor of this city and the only person, the only person that I see that can help us. He actually cares. He's not afraid He's not afraid. Eric Adams is still afraid. He's afraid of upsetting some of the Democrats. He's afraid that he won't be able to move forward in his political dream. Don't kid yourself. If you think mayor of New York City is the last job Eric wants, you're stupid. Sliwa, he doesn't care. Sliwa has no designs on the White House. Sliwa has no designs on residing on Pennsylvania Avenue. Sliwa cares about New York. Evidenced by the fact that for the better part of four decades, him and the Guardian Angels, with very little fanfare and no money, have gone out there and protected New Yorkers every day. Just imagine, he's been the Daniel Penny for 40 years. Curtis Sliwa has been the Daniel Penny for 40 years. Eric Adams was a cop, and according to most, not a very good one. Now he's making money, he's wearing night suits, hanging out with big-time people. Rubbing elbows with big-time people. That's not Curtis. So I ask you, Noam Layden, this little tiff back and forth between the governor and the mayor. What's really going on there? I, I think it's bigger than a little tiff because what we found out was in this letter that was given to a judge who's overseeing this court case to ensure homeless people have shelter, the uh, governor laid out all these steps that she had offered up to uh, Mayor Adams as places to house the migrants. She said they never heard back from the mayor's office. And then she went on further to say that he was relatively reckless in the way he was just sending these migrants to other places across the state with little and sometimes no notice to the places where they were being sent. So they couldn't get anything ready for these migrants before they arrived. Curtis Lewa, though, had no, I should say, uh, yeah, Curtis Lewa was easily bashed them both last night, not just Adams, but Adams and Hochul. Let's go to our Curtis Sliwa Lewis cut number five outside Creedmoor last night, blaming both the governor and the mayor. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. <laughs> Kathy Hochul, you have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York 
for American citizens who need to be hailed, healed. So make use of Creedmoor for what it was built to do, to help people with mental health care issues, not house illegal aliens. Does Hoko have an argument here when she says that putting some of these folks in desolate hotels in upstate New York isn't exactly compassion? Do you agree with that, Noam? Well, what's the long-term plan? That's the real question, right? If we're going to put them up in some small town in upstate New York, are we then going to find them a job? Are we going to find them long-term housing? Like, what happens three, four months down the road? It doesn't seem like there's any plan whatsoever. So when Curtis Slewa says, and again, this is part of his jargon that tends to annoy some people, but he's accurate, when he says the swagger man with no plan, he's right, no? Well, I don't know about that. But you don't know about that. Well, you just said there's no plan. There's there is right. There's no plan. Okay, I so mean, so he's right about that. Well, if we if you well, what you said, he's, there's no plan. No, no. I'm saying what I'm going to say is that if we're going to let these people stay here, then you have to give them an opportunity to get a job so they can take care of themselves. No, I mean, isn't that shouldn't if that's the end result they want, yeah. then you have to give them the opportunity to, to do that. But right now, they don't. So then they're on, we're paying for them constantly for every little move they make. I'm right? sorry. I just jumped all over you again. I just said <laughs> two rough days for me, you know. That's, I, I didn't take it that way. I just, you know, I'm not going to weigh in what I think about Mayor Adams, but the, but the truth is, is if we're, they're, they're here and they're not going anywhere and we're not sending them back. Why not? Then there has to be a long-term plan. Why I, can't we send them back? Well, I don't want them here. I don't want them here. I don't want to give them jobs. I don't want to give them anything. I want them to get the F out of here. Well, then if that's the case, we have to stop the buses before they ever leave Texas. Duh. Hello. Duh. Yeah. Let's stop the buses before they leave from Texas. 2,700, Sid, last, just last week. I don't want So them. the numbers haven't slowed down. So Eric Adams is a better man than me. He's a better human than me because he wants these people. He wants them. I don't want them. He wants them. He doesn't know what to do with them. It's ruining his mayoral run here. Could be the end of his political career. He's not coming off as this great humanitarian when 200 people are laying outside the Roosevelt Hotel. So he wants them. He's a good man. I don't want him. Call me a prick. I don't care. I don't want him. I'm sick of seeing eight-year-old kids on the two train at Fulton Street trying to sell me watermelon, trying to sell me honeydew with their mother about 15 feet away carrying boxes of M&Ms. I'm sick of seeing it or being stuck in front of the tunnel and having some lady in front of the George Washington Bridge literally walk in between the traffic trying to sell honeydew. It's gross. And that's where we are. Just a bunch of people lost. And I feel badly for some of these kids because I do have a heart. But I don't want them here. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough resources. We are struggling as it is. Who the hell are we? Who the hell are we to bring in all these people? Of course there's no plan. So, Eric, you're not a better human than me. I know you think you are, but you're not. You're stupid. You're stupid. Say it with me. In fact, all of you say it with me. We don't want the migrants. Can you say that, Lewis? Well, you gotta, we gotta get us in unison, so you gotta, like, I don't know. All right, count, count it down. down. No, uh, damn uh, it. Count it down. Do you want me to count it down? I can yes. do that. In three, two, one.
We don't want the migrants. Oh, no, I totally blew that. But I got to tell you, on a serious note, and I know Mary, the mayor's not listening, but I think we speak on behalf of more New Yorkers than less. Even all these rallies, Curtis Stevel goes out to Queens last night, gets arrested. There's thousands of people, thousands, that are on Curtis's side. And then you get like seven blue-haired jerk-off Jews across the street who are like, no, 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 we're good people, we want them here. Then take them home. Well, <laughs> I didn't say I wanted them here that much. <laughs> I mean, just the biggest phonies and liars, and who do you think you're kidding here? You think we're stupid? Don't forget, I was a guy yesterday that when Peter King tried to tell me that James Burke was a good guy, how did that go for Pete? How did that go? Well, maybe you weren't listening. Cut number 21. Don't listen to Curtis. He knows nothing about this. Pete, I love you to death. He's been more right than you've been throughout this whole thing. Yes, he has. Dating back to Burke, 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 that low life and what he did. No, 100% right. Yes, 100% right. What was 100 percent right? Burke and his involvement and, and the and the and the well, DA at the no time. Well, they they went to prison. Peter, they went. You got to stop defending people who went to no, no, prison. No, no, you sound I'm silly. They went to prison. Know, and you don't know. You have no idea. No, 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 no Pete, Pete. You can no. say I don't know all you want. That doesn't it's mean you're right. Code. You're defending guys not. that went to prison, Peter King. How does that make sense? You sound ridiculous. But, but, sorry, just they went to prison. Roger Stone went to he was Joe. he was arrested unfairly. Not those two scumbags in your no, town. No, you the scumbags. Yeah, you keep quiet for a minute and listen to me. Jimmy Burke, what he was accused of, had nothing. Jimmy to do with Burke Joe is a low life. Don't defend him. Please don't defend him on this show. Right. You want to do it someplace else? Do it. Not here. Not here. No, I'm no. telling you. Hold on. Hold on. No, I don't care. What you're no, 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 no. You I'm hold on. You, you hold on. Put him on hold for a second. I am not going to allow Peter King to defend Jimmy Burke on this show. I don't care. How much I love him, how many years he served in Congress. I am not going to allow him to to, to take a, a police guy who was banging prostitutes, walking around with dildos, hanging out at Oak Beach. I'm not going to let it happen. Well, didn't it's end nice there. Peter's royal to his friends. Oh, it can happen here. Didn't end there. <laughs> right after Peter Anthony Scaramucci came on, cut twenty two. Everything was fine until Donald Trump decided he was going to slow down the arms shipments. Okay, and he gave an opening for Vladimir Putin to attack. Oh, he gave the opening, right. Right, but Putin waited. Then why didn't Putin do it? Anthony, Anthony, why didn't Putin do it when Trump was president? He just waited for Biden? He just waited? Trump or President Putin would be in Warsaw. No, 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 no. That's not saying would be. Stop saying would be. Anthony, stop telling me. Anthony, Anthony, you work in would be's. I work in facts. You work in would be's. When Trump was president, when Trump, when, no, you're not giving me any facts. You're giving me, no, when Trump was president, was, when Trump, okay, goodbye. Put him on. Shut up. I'm done with you. I love you, but you're saying things that are so stupid. So stupid. I've asked you ten times. When Donald Trump was president, did Putin go in? The answer is no. But he paved the way. You, now, if the war started when Trump was the president, Anthony, you would sound smart with all of your weaponry stuff. The facts are the facts. There was no Ukraine-Russia war when Trump was president. It started when Biden came in. These are facts. Stop telling me what would be if Trump was president. None of the, no, no, you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and they just kept talking over me. So King took a beating. Mooch took a beating. 
And then I almost delivered a uh, similar beating to Noam moments ago, but Noam didn't really deserve it, so. I mean, you may have, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can handle it. <laughs> that would have been awkward, too, because you can't just put Gnome on hold. Right, yeah, right. You right. Gotta, you put him on hold. Yeah, you've got to spend the whole morning with him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a big, big show ahead of us. It's going to be fun today. I can promise you that. Curtis Sliwa, fresh from jail, not even kidding, joining us in about 35 minutes. Judge Andrew Napolitano, the biggest rating segment of the week anywhere on WABC, my dear friend Bill O'Reilly. Bo Deedle, talking about dear friends live in studio. And then the sweetheart of the great state of Arizona, Carrie Lake, on the one-year birthday of Joe Biden's ridiculous Reduction Inflation Act. All that coming your way. It's a Thursday morning with me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively on Talk Radio 77, W-A-B-C. I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends, 77 WABC. Standing in the rain with his head hung low. Couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold out show. Heard the roar of the crowd. He could fetch on the scene. 
used to love these guys. Foreigner, Lou Graham. This is a great song. Jukebox Hero. You had Cold as Ice. I like that song, too. The um, Kind of like a ballad, Waiting for a Girl Like You. In fact, you're going to play that at some point today, Lewis. I just decided. Okay. Yeah. What a day this is. Oh, it's going to be a fantastic day. Curtis is free and Foreigner coming. Curtis has only been free for a couple of hours. That's right. <clears throat> I think he was in jail until 3 o'clock in the morning. They gave him a good meal, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure they did. No. Don't you worry. Prisoners and migrants, and yeah, all... they get nice meals. Sure. Maybe yeah. he got a nice new phone out of it. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, uh, that Deion Sanders cut at the very end of the Open that you put together this morning, Justin. Yeah. Deion, of course, Hall of Fame NFL player, one of the greatest cover defensive backs in the history of the game, if not the greatest. Also, an electrifying kick and punt returner. Never made a tackle in his life. He hasn't tackled yeah. anybody yet, but he can cover you and he can run back kicks. In the Hall of Fame, coached at, I believe, Jackson State, Walter Payton's alma mater, did a great job there. Or was it Grambling? I think it was Jackson State. It was Jackson State. Now he gets a big-time job at a school that's been horrible in football for years, University of Colorado. And uh, for some reason, he was in the open this morning. Why was that? Uh, well, you wanted it. <laughs> well, what, what exactly happened there? Oh, Trying to happened? give you some airtime, you dickface. That's fine. But, yeah, I mean, well, the reason we put it in the open was because you were sitting directly behind me. And I you mean, said, this kid uh, put it I mean, in the open. I, I, really a bunch of geniuses here. I don't know. <laughs> but, anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess one of his guys got in a, a little tiff. At practice, yeah, and he now you getting it, and he got angry, like and angry, really animated. Yeah. And his entire team. All right, thank you very home. much. Uh, Can you believe uh, that yeah. after 121 games, the Yankees, 121 games are under 500? Yeah, they lost to the Braves last night, and there's still 41 games to go. Uh-huh. But 60 and 61, the Yankees. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I can believe it. You didn't think that was going to be the case. Months ago, you were telling me how good they are. Well, they went, they won 15, 16 series in a row to start the season. Oh, I know. So. A couple years ago, they were also like 50 and 15. Last year. Yeah, last year. Was that last year? That was last year. But, uh. All right, so, very easy. Yes or no? Don't give me a whole convoluted answer. Okay. <laughs> Forget that. God. <laughs> Should the Yankees fire manager yes. Aaron Boone? Yes. Should the Yankees fire GM yes. Brian Cash? Yes. Wow. And even wait. No. You want a clean house? Yeah. Should Hal Steinbrenner sell the team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all of it. All, all the above. Yeah. I all mean, right. they'll never sell the team. It'll never not be owned by a Steinbrenner. But you think you should fire everybody? you got to fire everybody. Yeah, why not? I agree. Uh, I do want to move to a very important story, uh, more important than the Yankees or Deion Sanders, and that is the Maui wildfires. You know, I see Tulsi Gabbard is on everybody's show. She was on Fox News with Laura Ingram last night. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. The interview Tulsi did with me on this show a couple of mornings ago, was so far and away the best Tulsi Gabbard interview I've seen. We discussed everything from conspiracy theories to how the government has failed them to what's next. Where are we right now today, Noam, in Maui? Well, it is still a mess. Uh, The death toll now at 113, but it's expected to go higher. And part of the process, Sid, here is identifying those remains, and it's been really tough to do that because... Uh, for lack of a better word, some these bodies were incinerated in these fires. And oh, so yeah. right. uh, they have to get DNA and sort of figure out who's who. And so that's why we see that missing list hasn't really narrowed in any way. That reminds me a lot of uh, 9-11, you yeah. know, when uh, before they went to 
what is it? It's recovery, and it's a two efforts are called what? Search and recovery. Right. So when they were first looking for bodies, there were none. I remember walking down to St. Vincent's Hospital, I believe it's called, Lower Manhattan. Right. And they had all the pictures of all the missing relatives. Oh, up, yeah, yeah. And they were going to treat that as a triage unit. And there was nobody there because, much like Maui, all these folks, God rest their souls, were basically disintegrated. The temperature from the jet fuel was so intense that they really just evaporated. All the people having breakfast in that World Trade Center restaurant that morning evaporated. They were gone. Nothing left. Nothing. So it's very similar to that. So is the toll now? Now, the toll is going to hit 1,000. Don't even, the numbers are doing every day, it's silly. 36, 88, 99, I think right now it's 111. It's going to be a 1,000, if not more. But what is the actual number right now? It's a one, as of this morning, it was 113. But, again, the governor there, Josh Green, saying it's going to go much higher because, again, that list of people who are missing has not narrowed at all. And according to that young girl who did that video on the beaches, she said they're not being honest, that they've tagged already tagged hundreds of bodies in the ocean who they can identify. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I know that the, the DNA matching, that's the hard part. It's a slow process. Yeah. And if you don't have much left of the body, which is just god-awful in itself, mm. uh, it's hard to figure out who's who. And so that's why these families who are waiting for information on their loved ones, yeah. unfortunately, may be waiting a long time. Oh, that's sad. Well, listen, I'll say it again. Maybe Biden can take some of that money that he's giving back to Zelensky for all the money that the Ukraine paid his family and not give it to Zelensky and give it to Maui. Just a thought. Is that a bad idea? Well, he's going to be there on Monday, so maybe you can ask him. Oh, he's going? Yeah. Oh, so nice of the president to actually go. What is that, like three weeks later? Oh, that's so nice of him. (laughs) Oh, he is a terrific guy, ain't he? Uh, We're going to talk to Curtis Sleeway. He's here coming up at 7.05. Jack, what happened down here? (laughs) Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. In fact, folks, I urge you, please, I compel you, download the 77 WABC app now. You get out of your car, you still want to listen, you can. Don't waste your time with iHeart. Please download the 77 WABC app and do it now. Weekends, uh, outside of your office, outside of your car, it's the only and best way to listen. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. That's Lose Boy. Curtis Sliwa is a friend of mine and speaks to the people. There you go. Here, Dominic is not talking about Thank Curtis Sliwa. God, he is out. He is talking about Fulton County DA Fanny Willis. Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis. She brought the charges. She would not answer would not answer if she's had any contact with Special Prosecutor Jack Smith about potential overlap of the cases. A few weeks ago, when the district attorney was asked that question, she said she wouldn't know Jack Smith if he was standing next to her. Minutes ago, again, she would not answer. La La Land, she says she wants to try the case within six months. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. 
Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best boat boilers out in Queens. The Mets bested the Pirates by a score of 8-3 to three last night to take the series two games to, to one. T.J. Stewart showed up in a big way for the Mets, matching uh, two home runs in the second and fifth innings before Pete Alonso stepped up in the seventh to send his 36th homer of the year into the left field seats. The Mets will take the win into four in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Game one is set for tonight. It's 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Jose Quintana will get the start against St. Louis' Adam Wainwright. And for the Yankees, they continued to sink below. Rock bottom last night in Atlanta, losing 2 to nothing to cap off a sweep at the hands of the Braves. With the loss, the Yankees fall below the 500 mark at 16-61 overall. It's the first time they've fallen under the mark this season, and it's the latest in a season that they've had a losing record since 1992. Wow. Yeah. Here was Aaron Boone following the game. Wait to hear this with some more of his delusional optimism. Even in recent history, you know, I think the Braves had a recent unlikely run. The Nationals, the Phillies were dead to rights at the end of the last year. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, that's just a couple off the top of my head in recent history. Um, Susan showed me one from 95. Susan. And the Yankees, <laughs> Susan so, yeah. like, Oh, my I get God. It, when you really hit rock bottom. Yeah. I want to even suggest that Susan we're in position to okay. talk about that. we got to fix up. our own I mean, house and get it. Yeah, you yeah. remember years ago when I was fighting, and I felt badly about this. She's a cancer survivor. She's a, a Broadway singer. She's in the Hall of Fame, both radio and sports. She's a really talented lady, but she didn't like me very much. I don't know why. Yeah, you guys aren't really cut from the same cloth. I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So one day on the fan, I actually told Susan Waldman, quote, go home and get your shine box. Uh, oh, my God. And you're not going to believe what a big deal Mushnick, Bob Raceman, all these people made about it. That I miss scumbag Rosenberg going after a cancer survivor woman, all these things. She never, ever, ever forgave me to this day. Wow. Yeah. She holds grudges, that's yeah. for sure. So go home and get she your shine box. <laughs> Double down. <laughs> Why not? She's not going to talk yeah, to you anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No matter anyway, at this right, point. Right. Get four shine boxes. <laughs> oh, my God. Can it be football season already? Well, we're getting close. She got yeah. preseason to look forward to this weekend at MetLife as well. Giants and Panthers at MetLife tomorrow night. And on Saturday, Jets and Buccaneers. Kick what back. about you later on tonight? The Eagles. Eagles yep. and the Browns. Eagles and the Browns tonight. Yeah, they're go. practicing all week with the Brownies, so looking uh, forward to that right. on my end. Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. To find a deal on you, they're the world's best built boilers. Crazy. And I'm Justin Hellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. And speaking of Congress... While uh, Al D'Amato, Jesse Helms, and Strom Thurmond are mildly amusing as the chairman of various committees, I miss the Democrats who were in charge, especially Joe Biden and Joe Biden's head. (laughs) Tracking the progress of his plug job is like watching time-lapse photography of a Chia pet. He was most entertaining, however, as a committee chairman conducting hearings because Senator Biden always looked at me like he was like he was coming on to the witnesses, usually women. So, Anita, when this is all over, you want to have a drink? 
And although he's disappeared, he hasn't, as have 13 of his colleagues, actually quit. Of course, there are those Democrats who are not only sane, but are doing so with renewed vigor and enthusiasm, mostly by becoming Republicans. Beautiful girl. That was Don Imus, believe it or not, the I-Man. He dead, you know, but that was the I-Man 27 years ago. I love doing stuff like this. I did it yesterday a couple of times at Howard Stern, Donald Trump, Melania phone call. But that was 27 years ago, the I-Man, at the 1996. Back then, it was called the Television and Radio Correspondents Dinner before it became the White House Correspondents Dinner. And that was a night where I miss really pissed off the sitting president, Bill Clinton. We had some jokes about Bill and Hillary that I didn't find it funny. No, it went over like anvils. Oh, it was <laughs> rough. I watched about an hour of that video early, early this morning, and I just picked out the Biden stuff because it's apropos now. Biden's the president. And I watched a lot of that other stuff, and there was a lot of moments there where Don... Was not getting laughs. No, they just even didn't, the one in there. They didn't like. Yeah, him. even that one there. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't like him. It's no. reason he was invited to do it. It was shocking. Yeah, that was the weird. thing. I was shocked he was even invited, and then yeah, went over like a wet fart. You but, know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean, and you know the preparation for that whole. Thing? Oh, it had to be. Bru- I'm sure McCord, McCord and everybody. Bernard, yeah. Rob, Larry Kenny. I'm right, sure. Yeah, they, it was in the office and re- rearranging. Hey, the listen, order. It, it, it was a <laughs> big. It was God. a big deal. It was. I mean, you would have thought that Imus would have been better, and he was not. But it was still a huge opportunity. He got to do it. And we're talking about it 27 years later because the guy he was talking about then, believe it or not, is now the bumbling president of the United States. And he spoke yesterday. This is the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, which, of course, has nothing to do with reducing inflation. (laughs) You can't make it up. Carrie Lake put up such an unbelievably great Instagram post, which I wanted you to print, but I don't think you did yet. She's going to join me live at 930 after Bo this morning anyway. But she goes on to explain how little the Inflation Reduction Act reduces inflation. But that didn't stop Biden from beating his chest yesterday and celebrating like he just won the Super Bowl. Here he is 
at the White House as Dynamics described the bumbling Joe Biden cut number 12. And I want to say one thing to your children. Huh? I know some really great ice cream places. What a, creep, oh, what a creep. Oh, my God. Daddy Ocean. <laughs> Jesus. What? What is this? What have to do with inflation? It has nothing opening, to do with opening inflation. Opening little kids' ice cream again? What a creepy bastard. How am I not going to put that in there? He's the same guy that <laughs> smells little girls' hairs and rubs up against their uh-huh. buttocks. Yeah. Oh, he's such a creep. He just referred to himself as daddy. That could have been played in a courtroom for, against some <laughs> I'm telling you. victim. Right? Oh, my God. Where the hell is uh, <laughs> Marissa Hargitay and uh, Chris Maloney when you need him? I think at this point he actually does talk about the... I think he does. The Inflation Reduction Act, who the hell knows? Joe Biden cut number 13. All we hear from our friends on the other side of the aisle is what, what they claim is what's wrong with America. What's that? Well, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. What? They're telling us America's failing. <laughs> failing. They're dead wrong. What's that? They're dead wrong. Yeah. America isn't failing. Uh-huh. America's winning. Oh. And I've said a thousand times. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> winning. Winning, baby. Winning. Winning. <laughs> Let me read to you uh, this Carrie Lake. Uh, she she writes here. She's on again at 9.30 this morning. It's the Inflation Reduction Act's first birthday. Let's check in. Inflation was 1.4% when Donald Trump left office. As much as it's gone down, and it has considerably, it is still right now at 3.2%, nearly triple. Prices are up 17%. Real wages are down 3%. Your family is spending an average of $709 a month more than they did two years ago while spending 900 bucks a month to fund Joe's proxy war in Ukraine. Bidenomics is bankrupt. We need Donald Trump back. That's the gospel, folks. That wraps up a great hour of radio. But you've all been looking forward to this. He was out there once again last night defending New Yorkers, teased that he will once again run for mayor, arrested for the 78th time, back from jail for his weekday morning appearance. In my opinion, New York hero Curtis Sliwa. You're going to be coming up. You have to know him with the news. In the morning, 77 WABC. This man walks the walk. Back in the 70s, when crime was totally out of control, he put together something called the Guardian Angels. He's a New York legend. And I said the last time, if you put a big sign of New York, there should be a picture of this man next to it. He's the quintessential New Yorker. I love this guy. He's the real deal. He's no BS. He's on the radio, always helping. He'll run to Staten Island. He'll, where, where he's needed, he goes. And by the way, if anybody here hasn't seen him or heard him speak yet, well, you're in for a treat because he's going to bring you to church. 
He's going to he's going he's going to bring you to church. I give you Curtis Lewa. My man there basically did the introduction for me, but I may as well go to a couple more specifics, and that is noon to one every weekday afternoon. He gets big ratings all weekend long on the overnight show, big ratings as well, but arguably, although we both agree, does his best work right here with me every weekday morning at about this time, fresh off his 78th arrest and in jail literally about five hours ago. With a huge audience, I got a lot of people texting me as early as 4 o'clock this morning who said they couldn't wait for this morning's specific Rosenberg Sleewa edition. Here he is, the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, Curtis Sleewa. Curtis, first of all, I'm glad you're okay, and thanks again for what you did last night. On behalf of all New Yorkers, like that man said, out there at Creedmoor last night, thank you for caring, Curtis. Thank you, Sid. And we had thousands of people out there last night, uh, a majority of them listening to you, Sid, in the morning. That's how they found out about the rally. And thank you for giving me the time every morning at 7.05 to get information out about the rallies. An incredible number of people who crossed the border from Nassau County who realize that these illegal aliens are going to be getting on the buses outside where they get free uh, cards, free cards, swipe cards, to ride wherever they want. They come in a Great Neck. They come in a Hillcrest. And, in fact, that brings me back to a moment yesterday where Peter King was walking in the hallway, I think with his daughter, I'm not quite sure, or a relative who lives in North Carolina. That's Aaron. That's yes, his daughter. Yes, she lives daughter. in North Carolina. She's a great kid. He could not have been any nicer. It's like your 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 knockout, dragout battle yeah. in the yeah. morning didn't exist. He said, Curtis... Thank you for warning the people in Nassau County. I've been trying to get them awake about this. The illegal aliens, although Bruce Blakeman, great job in saying we are not a sanctuary county, Nassau, and the other Republican elected officials, they're coming in. And then you see in the New York Post this morning exclusive that what I had talked about back on February 15th, February 15th, when Monica Martinez, state senator of Central Iceland, with which Peter King used to represent, asked Eric Adams in Albany, in front of all the media, I hear that you want Nassau County Seum, uh, Coliseum to house the migrants. And he said, everything's on the table. And then remember I brought it up. No, you're lying, Curtis. You're I making remember. that up. Of course I remember. I remember and- it well. And here's what it reads. Queens BP, which is the borough president. This guy's some loser, too. Donovan Richards wants Nassau Coliseum to be used as a migrant shelter. And that's why when uh, Bay Ridge Council member Justin Brandon comes on and calls you a liar, when uh, my lady in my district out there in uh, Rockaway Beach, Joanne Ariola comes on and savages you in the past, even when my dear friends, I love them both, Bo and Peter, went after you. Uh, and just yesterday, again, going back to the situation in Gilgo, I won't allow it because the truth is 
that I got to say over 90% of the time, especially in this migrant situation, this also goes for Borelli and the guys on Staten Island, especially in this situation, if not today, if not tomorrow, eventually Curtis Sliwa turns out to be right. So instead of fighting Curtis, getting angry at Curtis, calling him a liar, why don't you take that anger and direct it at your public officials, your mayor, your governor, your city council people, who are allowing your neighborhoods to turn to shizzle? And remember, what did Governor Crime Wave Holcomb say yesterday? For a year, we've offered Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, places to put the illegal aliens. A year ago. And I had all that info, and I was sharing it with everyone. Oh, you're a liar. You're making this up. Because their humongous egos won't allow them to consider Curtis Lee has good sources. Now, I'm putting aside my differences with Peter King. Hands across the border in Nassau County with Bruce Blakeman, Peter King, and all the electors. We must stop the illegals from invading Nassau County because they're going to be there in a heartbeat. They're going to be there. They're going to be roaming the streets. Look, they got nothing to do, nowhere to go at Creedmoor. A thousand single, able-bodied men with lots of testosterone crashing through their cranium. And they're going to be walking the neighborhoods because they've been looking for any kind of work. And if they can't find work... They're going to be snatching up your items, doing home invasions, going into your backyard. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. You know, the last couple rallies that you headed, Curtis, I've noticed, last couple, that you've had upwards of three, four, maybe even last night, 5,000 people. That doesn't mean there's not uh, another one across the street where they disagree with you. They get like 30 people. It's so embarrassing. They Sometimes New York One describes it as a double protest. No, no, only one side people seem to care. But 13 people, including you, were arrested last night. What exactly were you arrested for? What were you doing when the cops placed the cuffs on you? Well, uh, they charged me with disorderly conduct and the others and for obstructing traffic. Uh, when they hit me with the disorderly conduct charge, I said, police officers, 105th Precinct, you couldn't be more hopelessly right. I am a disruptor. I am a disruptor of your freaking mayor, the house mouse, who used to hide in the precinct, never busted his shoes, and they were all laughing. They were having to go to taking cell, cell phone pictures with me. It was like he, some of the guys said, wow, this is the greatest arrest I've ever made in my life, right? And I said it will be memorable because when I'm mayor, I'm coming back to the 105th precinct, and I'm going to make sure you guys and gals get the respect you deserve instead of a barista at Starbucks being treated better by the people than police in the streets. Oh, they went crazy. They Interesting went crazy. you said to them when I'm mayor, uh, Louis uh, Rafino, get ready here, because you have kind of teased, you've intimated, never made anything official on this show with me, although you and I have had private discussions, including one yesterday afternoon, that you are considering doing it again for a second time. But last night, you made that statement there in front of thousands of people. Let's listen back. Curtis Sliwa Lewis, cut number four. Let me make mention that suggested that maybe uh, I take on Eric Adams in two years. The swagger man has no plan. I'm going at him because we need to save our city. So now it's time for you and I to have a very serious discussion. Yes. Uh, I, I will endorse you. I already have. Uh, all the way. I will be with you every step of the way. Anytime you campaign, I'll be more than happy to be standing next to you, just like you did with the Giuliani's. But I've had people say to me, and don't get mad at me because I'm just delivering the message. Understood. People have said to me, I like Curtis. Curtis knows this city and cares more about this city than Eric Adams. 
But if he's going to continue to walk around town with a red beret and a red jacket and, and talk about Moolah Shmoolah and all that language stuff that you've been doing for 25 years, which makes your radio great, that's great for the radio. But no one's going to take this guy seriously, similar to what Governor David Patterson said on this show two days ago. Yeah, how many of them go into the hood? None of them, but the question. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. None of them. You're going to win. You got to get people in the hood to vote for you. I go in the neighborhoods where the only Republican they've ever seen is Abraham Lincoln on a five dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, there's a, only one Republican for every eight Democrats. The route to victory, you got to get black votes, you got to get Hispanic votes, and you ain't gonna do that with a three piece set and all styling and profiling like Eric Adams. Look at how the population is turning on him. They're turning on him because he's a fake, phony, fraudulent Fugazi, and they smell that out. But what about meeting halfway? Maybe not walking around like Adams, like I do, wearing suits by a boot and Anthony's a garage, and maybe not walking around like you're about to, you know, start a fist fight in Penn Station. What about a happy medium somewhere? Like when you went for mayor last time, i got to give you credit. You did wear the beret, but I saw you dressed in yes, beautiful of suits. Course, of course. You wore nice ties. I thought you looked very, very presentable. Is there any way that Curtis Sliwa just comes about halfway? Yes, yes. Okay. If, if I could sit down with Aaron Rodgers when he goes into the <laughs> darkness, drop some shrooms, some LSD, and say, uh, Aaron, sure. <laughs> right? I mean, let's face it. That's a good way of calming myself no, down and, and coming and communing with just average, everyday people in a very civil, calm way. Right, so you've made the answer pretty clear. You're not about to change anything. This is you that's been you for 40-plus years. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Who's the U.S. senator in Pennsylvania? That would be, uh, oh, he's uh, he's a mess of that guy. Fetterman, right? Fetterman, right. Ran he with a hoodie on, right? Said, oh, no way, the guy could win with a hoodie. He ran against a dapper guy, Dr. Oz. Yeah, but here's the difference. Well-spoken, right? He's Look, a Democrat. You are not a Democrat. Oh, oh, excuse me. A Democrat who took out a sort-off shotgun and put Doesn't it into matter. the chest of a black guy. Doesn't matter. Democrats can do those types of things and win in this day and age. You are a Republican. No. You are not afforded the no. same luxuries no. as John Fetterman. No. I am a moderate running against the Democratic Socialists of America who control the Democratic Party. Get that straight. What did these people say to you yesterday? Clearly they were there. They're on your side. And they look at you like a hero, just like I do. I yeah. think you're a hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, did the, what did the people say to you? before you were taking away 13 of you to the local precinct? Well, many of the people who were from Nassau County who came over, and I want to thank everyone from Nassau County for listening to you, Sid, and heeding my alarm. The illegals are coming into Nassau County. No matter what Peter King or Bruce Blakeman say, they have the best of intentions, but they're coming. I said, Curtis, I'll vote for you. I'll vote for you. I said, are you a Democrat? They said, yeah. I said, yeah, you can vote five, six times for me, man. You get to vote as many times as you want. Please do. But I live in Nassau County. doesn't matter. I had a friend there last night who actually said yes. that uh, came into contact with Democrats, to your point right now, Curtis, yes. came into contact with Democrats who were very, very nervous about their quote-unquote stuff living there locally, migrants not far away. So it did seem like from this other person that they were saying exactly what you're saying, which is at this point the migrant crisis has become so ugly that you should be able to get some bipartisan support. No doubt. And the corruption aspect of this, look at Kathy Crime Wave Hochul's letter. She says, I gave you one and a half billion dollars. The same money, remember, that was stolen from Fry, right? Same, exact, same amount. Bajo and Charlene. She goes, you have yet to give an invoice to the state. 
to Tom DiNapoli, the controller, to explain where the $1.5 billion is, Eric. No answers from City Hall. Where do you think that money went, then? Doc Go, $432 million, no big contract. These are the people who never done this kind of work before. Never. All of a sudden, Eric gives them a sweetheart contract. You say contract with Eric Adams, I say kickbacks. You say contract, you know he's kicking back to his cronies. Well, you've been saying for a long time, too, that at least uh, some of these hotels yes. where these migrants uh, end up, this is through the very, very hard work of your beautiful wife, Nancy, her deep dives, that it turns out there are a bunch of no-names, LLCs, and uh, you believe, at least in some of these cases, if I'm wrong, correct me, maybe you don't believe it, maybe you do, that in some of these cases that there is a mutual money-making experience for the mayor, the city, and these hotel owners, and that is part of the reason why, part of the reason why some of these hotels end up getting these migrants. Is, is that a fair statement? Remember, Eric Adams, when he was sworn into office for his first elective office, state senate in Albany, 2000, Gives his first speech in front of the body of his colleagues, all the lobbyists who had their beak in his trough, you know, wanted to wine him, dine him, pocket line him. The media, friends, relatives said, show me the money. That's what it's all about. Show me the money. That has been the way he's lived his political life. Why would he change now? So you had a four-star hotel in Long Island City that catered to tourists, high-end, marble floors, jacuzzis, two beds in every room. The illegals came in and said, oh, my God, I can't believe we hit lotto, we hit Powerball. You're going to let us stay here? We don't have to work here? No, in fact, we're going to deliver food here. They couldn't believe it, courtesy of who? The sucker taxpayers in New York City and the owners and operators of that four-star hotel. You know the kickbacks are flying fast and furiously. Now, meantime... Oh, so stop you right here. Yes. So you're saying, and again, no problem with you, Mel, but what you're saying is, is pretty, uh, it's pretty big. You're saying that these hotels got these sweetheart deals, ended up getting paid by the city, yes, and ended up giving some of that money back to Adams and the city in terms of kickbacks. You're saying that there is some serious money back and forth here that is part of this migrant issue. You're let saying me, that, Let me yes. ask you a question, Sid. There's one thing you're very astute about. Uh, the haberdashery that you go to, Joseph Abood, and the suits that you, you, you wear on a regular basis. Yes. Eric Adams wears customized suits, new ones, each and every day. Uh, when Pablo Escobar was running the Medellin cartel, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't have suits like that. No, no. Where is he getting the money for that on a mayoral oh, salary? Well, is it possible that there's some shop or some tailor in Manhattan that just gives free, him the oh, suits? Free. You mean giving free? Isn't that isn't that breaking the law, right? Oh no, I'm just asking. He doesn't pay for any of his restaurant meals. You've seen him before, <laughs> right? Everything is free. There's nothing in life for free, Sid. You know that. It's called you scratch my belly, I scratch yours. Well, then let's talk about scratching each other's bellies because this morning one of the major stories in this city, I believe second to your arrest last night, is what seems to be a fight, a real fight between the governor, that wench, that witch, and uh, the mayor. Uh, the mayor and Fabian Levy did all they could yesterday to go, oh, no, we love each other, we love each other. Do you believe, Curtis, that there really is a rift between the governor and the mayor, or do you believe at the end of the day they're both no good and they'll figure it out? No, 
No, no. Uh, she realizes she's not going down with this sinking ship. She knows the corruption on the SS Eric Adams. He can't account for one and a half billion dollars that the state taxpayers gave him to deal with the illegal aliens that he welcomed in. Remember, he was first online with his entourage, giving them swag bags in August of almost a year ago, right? Uh, him and Cardinal Dole, hey, come on, come on, Abbott is a racist. Now all of a sudden he's saying no mas, no mas. All Tom DiNapoli is saying is, where's the money, Eric? Where's the receipts? Where's the invoices? It's a year later, and you haven't given us any paperwork whatsoever because the money's gone, Sid. It's been spent. It's been doled out. Every time he declares an emergency migrant resource center, unlike a shelter or a hotel, he doesn't have to account for it. There's no transparency. He redacts everything. The money going into the pockets of the friends of Eric Adams is going to blow your mind. Hey, let me tell you, Eric, and I know you're all listening at City Hall. You think you're on your way to the White House one day. The only house you're going to is in the big house oh with chains and shackles for political corruption. It's going to make everyone's head spin. That's where he's heading, Sid. You By really, way, you really believe that's the case? Yeah, find out which federal pennies. Maybe Otisville. You can visit him. You know, you can ask. Hey, Eric. You know, I, I tried to counsel you. I tried to warn you. Oh, uh, listen, I did try. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm done trying yet, but when he finds out, like he may right now, that my second job outside of doing this number one radio show will be to be your campaign manager. Now, that I'm not sure point. Eric Adams wants to have dinner with me. Hold on, sir. Hold on. Now, to be my campaign manager, now, uh, if your friends, some of them, pull out their toolies and want to finish the job of John Gotti Sr., John Gotti Jr. That, that won't happen. In, no. But if they do, yeah. and we happen to be at the New Park Pizzeria having a <laughs> slice and coke, because, you know, the people will be coming up to us. They all know us, Sid. Will you take a bullet for me? Give me the whole scenario again. Wait, wait a second. Again. Hold on a second, no. Sid. A guy pulls out a toolie. Right. He's 10 feet away, a 9-millimeter fully loaded. He's going to unload the clip right into my head. Yeah. Sid Rosenberg, my campaign manager, realizes that's it. The campaign is over. Yeah. Do you jump in front of me and take those bullets and prove you are loyal right down to the marrow of your bone? And I will give you the best eulogy. I will give you a eulogy in the shul. We'll then go to the Roman Catholic Church. We'll have nonstop 60 days of everybody sitting shiva, and you won't have to bring the hamantash in. Everybody will remember Sid Rosenberg until the ends of time. And I'll just get myself another campaign manager. Yeah, you should probably do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> another campaign manager. Yeah. Even before I take the gig. <laughs> no, no, no. You're more valuable to me. As the number one most listened to morning talk show host in all of America. Not just, they say, oh, New York, Detroit, Sid. I've done the analytics, Sid. Nobody can touch your stuff. Remember how MC Hammer said, you can't touch this? That's the way it is all over the country. I've looked at the analytics. Nobody touches no. you. Well, thank you for that. And a lot of that is because of what you do here every morning. And again, I got to tell you, my phone was blowing up last night. They were worried. Oh, my God, what well, if Curtis can't make it in the next on, morning and do this segment? Yeah. I had to get out of jail because I knew that Frank Morano was lusting <laughs> to be on at 705 to talk about UFOs. Oh, oh, Sid, UFOs, unidentified flying objects, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, save it. Save it for Staten Island, Frank. And by the way, he didn't go to our demonstration in Staten Island last no. weekend. You know why? Why is that? He had to go to a baby shower in oh. New Jersey. What kind of a man goes <laughs> yeah. to a baby shower? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about that. And then 
naturally, there was somebody, the DEA in Queens, saying, I can't let him get stay locked no. up in jail because if he doesn't show up for work for John Katsimatidis, <laughs> he doesn't get paid. I know what his contract is. <laughs> I want my child support for Carter and Hunter. Release him. Make sure he can make it for Sid in the morning. So in the final 60 seconds, now you've intimated it. Now you've even said it at a rally with 4,000 people in attendance, really for you, Curtis, last night. Are you ready, willing, and able right now to announce unofficially you will once again run for mayor next time around? Cut my veins and arteries. I bleed New York City. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. You want to know what his schedule is today? He's going to be raising the flag of Peru at Bowling Green. How about raising the American flag? He's going to be giving more of our money to that corrupt hip-hop museum at 530. He's celebrating Haitian heritage in Grancy Mansion. What about our heritage from America? And then he's finishing by going to one of your places, Shwarma, Shabazi, and cutting a ribbon in the Upper West Side as if you were in Tel Aviv. Hey, Eric Adams, I've never seen a photograph of you behind a desk. At City Hall. Stop being a glorified Joe Biden of Brooklyn as a borough president. Man up and be the mayor because if you're not going to do the job, move over. It's Curtis Sleewood time. Break it down. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Go-Go's, all lips are sealed. And, of course, the lead singer for the Go-Go's, Belinda Carlisle, she was one of those girls that uh, when we were younger, Lou, guys used to like her, like Susanna Hopp from the Bengals and Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's. And she's not Susanna Hopps, no. No, she's not as cute, but she. But a lot of guys really dug her, Belinda. How old is she now today? 65. Jesus, 65. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least she's not 78 like Jimmy Page or 80 like Mick Jagger. Yeah, not looking as good. <laughs> I haven't seen her. Does she? For example, Susanna Hobbs I saw when NBC had that concert for Paul Simon a couple of months ago. She actually did a Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, she did uh, Hazy Shade of Winter. Yes. Which she did in the movie Less Than Zero. Yeah. And she looked great. She looked the same. Yeah, she looks amazing. But Belinda, no, not the case, huh? Uh, Well, no, she went through a, some uh, rough period. Oh, okay. Not like Deborah Harry. I mean, Deborah Harry looks like, uh, like Harry, Harry Hamlin. <laughs> or, uh, what was it? The Madonna who celebrated her birthday yesterday. I mean, she looks terrible. Oh, she looks like a wax figure yeah. doll. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing. So, you know, we, um, we have the ability here at WABC. I want to give everything away, but we can actually get ratings 
streaming numbers, especially every segment all day long, above and beyond, you know, the actual books, which come back and have us, this specific show, just bringing in huge numbers. I mean, huge numbers, huge, every week, every month. In fact, the weeklies will be out again tomorrow. And uh, that segment just now with Curtis had a huge, and I mean a huge audience. No surprise. I started pumping this thing up last night. I knew he was going to get arrested. We talked about it yesterday. Now, Curtis comes on and not only drops a hammer on Hochul and Adams and was really good, really good, but he also, I believe, unofficially, officially announced he's running for mayor. So that becomes a big story. He's intimated it on this show before. He's kind of said, you know, kind of teased it. Would you agree, Noam, that what you heard and I brought it up purposely, at the very end was kind of an unofficial, official announcement from Sliwa. Oh, yeah. I mean, he started it last night in that speech that he gave before he got uh, uh, arrested you know, yeah. outside the psychiatric facility, but he confirmed it with you just moments ago that he's running. It's a big deal. I hope we get that to the New York Post and the, uh, well, I don't know who else he talked to, Daily News, I guess. Yeah, I'll send it around to everybody. That jerk-off Chris, what's his name again? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I don't like him either. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. All right, we got uh, Judge Napolitano coming up next. we got a great guest list still to come. Judge Andrew Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. There is no segment any time of the day, any day of the week that gets higher ratings than Rosenberg and O'Reilly. 840 on Thursdays. My man, always entertaining, thought-provoking, Bodito live in studio at 9 and then we go to Arizona from my friend Carrie Lake. She's coming up at 9.30. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Just found your father dead in a swimming pool. While you just sit there and masturbate, 
All lyrics from this uh, great song. 7.45 on your Thursday morning, Curtis Sliwa. Just terrific once again. Still to come, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Carrie Lake. But we put this time aside every Thursday morning for a big macha, big superstar. Fox News, Don Imus. He's got his own podcast, does radio all over the country. And quite frankly, he's one of my favorite people in the business. He is the judge, the Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Nap, good Thursday morning, buddy. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Sid, how are you? And thank you for playing Billy Joel. You know, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, and you just put goosebumps on my arms listening to that. I didn't know that. No, I didn't I know that. Have, I love Billy Joel. I also have to thank you for the conversation you just had with Curtis Sliwa. He is running for mayor, and this city needs him. <laughs> you are so right. Now, when you say he's running for mayor, just uh, he has not filed any papers yet. Correct. He has not collected Correct. a penny. So well, what I said this morning twice to make it very clear is it was an unofficial official announcement. He is going to run. I, I can promise you that. But he hasn't put together the committee just yet. But you're right. At this point, and I don't dislike Eric Adams. I don't. There was a while there I actually really liked him. But at this point, it has become increasingly clear that he can say what he wants, blame what he wants. He is in over his head. And the only guy that knows the ins and outs and every neighborhood in this city is the aforementioned Curtis Sliwa. And the only Republican that can go into, as he says, the Democratic neighborhoods where the only Republican they've seen is Lincoln <laughs> on a $5 bill. Yeah. Uh, he's right. He, he can't win with just Republican votes, and he can appeal to those who have uh, been taken yeah. advantage of by the Democratic Party. You know what's funny about that, the Republican vote? Um, when I first got to New York, Judge Knapp, in 2016, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my children were still living in Florida because they had to finish school. So I came up and I stayed with my sister, Ray Sherry, and brother-in-law, Albert, and Mill Base in Brooklyn. So I was alone most nights because Danielle was in Florida. And, and Curtis said to me, I was only here for a month. It was February of 2016. And he said, Sid, why don't you come do a ride with us? I said, what do you mean? He said, I'll give you a red jacket. I'll give you a red beret. We're going to take you to the worst neighborhoods in Brooklyn on the three train. And you're going to be, uh, for the night, an honorary guardian angel. And I did it. And I loved it. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't tell me there's a picture of you yeah. in a red jacket and a red beret. Oh, my God. There's many pictures uh, on social media a long time ago. But it was about 20 of us. Me, Curtis, all his people, and uh, ended up at his house in Canarsie. Saw his mom. God rest his soul. She has since passed away. But I'm telling you this story for a reason. Forget about Republican voters. When we made our way, Judge Knapp, into Penn Station to head towards the three train, I swear to you, people came up to him like he was a prince, like he was Springsteen. And to a man, every one of those people were black. Wow. Yeah. That's very, very telling. And uh, Eric Adams should be worried about it. Very, very telling. That is a great story. You told it beautifully. You saved Thank the you. most significant words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Because the idea that black people don't want safe neighborhoods and hate cops is a misconception. Yes, there are too Correct. many that feel that way, way too many, and they're just stupid and ignorant. But the overwhelming majority of African-American folks, like white folks, want to be safe. And they appreciate that Curtis has dedicated 40 years to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're not getting that safety and uh, and protection now. Absolutely not. Not at all. So let's get uh, away from the sea. Let's move to 
D.C. and go right to this latest Trump indictment. Uh, in the past, you seem to be much more alarmed than me, but that's because I'm in the bag. I admit it. <laughs> but I do. But I talked to you. I talked to Takapina, Idala, Dershowitz, Haba, plenty of folks. And um, there's always different opinions. And in the end, for some reason, Donald Trump looks like Teflon Don. This fourth indictment, Georgia. Your thoughts on that and the totality of what we've seen so far. The totality of what we've seen, it's a great question, Sid. The totality of what we've seen so far uh, is an attempt to punish Donald Trump for thought crimes. I have been arguing since my uh, earliest days as, as a lawyer, long before I was a judge, that conspiracy punishes thought. A conspiracy is an agreement to commit a crime which is not committed but you still can be punished for that agreement. That is the essence of what they are punishing Donald Trump for. You are listening to the one judge who never allowed a conspiracy charge to go to a jury in his courtroom, and I threw those charges out. Now, I was often reversed by the appellate courts because that's not the law of the land today, but morally, conspiracy is just a punishment of thought, and prosecutors love it because they don't have to prove the crime was committed. They don't have to prove harm. They don't have to find a victim. There is no victim. You're punishing somebody for what he thought about doing. That's the picture in the totality. And and Trump's lawyers need to make that argument. They'll lose it, but it might prevail ultimately uh, in the Supreme Court. In terms of Georgia, I'm worried about it. The reason I'm worried about it is there are 30 unindicted, unnamed, uncharged co-conspirators. We know who 12 of them are. 12 of them are the Republican leadership who signed the uh, document saying that they were the truly chosen electors by the popular vote in Georgia. And the Georgia DA, Fannie Willis, gave them immunity to testify against Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani. And when they do, it will be their worst nightmare. I am terrified of this Georgia case because of that. It's a form of bribery. You give me the testimony I want, and I won't indict you. Prosecutors do it all the time. Rudy did it when he was a prosecutor. It's a standard prosecutorial tool. It's reprehensible, and it's now being used against Rudy and, um, uh, and Donald Trump. And let me say a word about Rudy. I was very, very sad to read the front page of the New York Times today. I love Donald Trump, and I, as you know, and I've known Rudy for many, many years, and though we disagree on some things, I highly respect him as a thinker and as a lawyer. Donald Trump should help him out. Donald Trump should pay his, uh, his legal fees uh, before he's bankrupt and he's at the mercy of, of, a, of a public defender Good in luck. Atlanta. Yeah. No, you're right. Donald should do that, and this is why, you know, I love Donald too, but there are people that know him personally, and I don't that are quick to say, you don't know him. He don't give a rat's ass about anybody. It doesn't matter. I'm, you, you, sorry. You know. I'm sorry to say that that is the Donald Trump I know. There is a yeah. very hard and selfish side to him. Yeah. But what Rudy did, Rudy bled almost literally yeah. for Donald. I know. I know. Listen, Rudy, and, 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 and those stories are not exaggerative. He is, he's in trouble. He's, his apartment's up for sale, and he admitted on this show with me. I'm sure you heard it just a couple of days ago, admitted flat out, yes, I am in 
financial trouble. So it would be yeah. beautiful if Donald Trump did that. But Donald's going to say, well, hold on a second, Moody. i got to take care of myself. I, you were indicted once. I was indicted four times. I've got 91 charges uh, coming my way. So you here's, know, here's what Donald Trump could do for Rudy. And he may do this. He could hold a magnificent fundraiser for Rudy at which he, Donald, is the principal speaker. That would raise a lot of money for Rudy and it wouldn't cost the former president anything but a couple of hours of his time. And I hope that he does that. It would be nice. Uh, uh, don't you, hold your be, breath. You would be there. You would introduce everybody. I'll be there and say a couple of words. Oh, of course. They don't need you and me. Trump is the draw, and that's what people would pay, who people would pay money to hear, and the money would go to pay Rudy's uh, legal fees. It's just not fair. You stick your neck out for the guy, and then he lets you. He drops you. I can't disagree. Uh, you just said you're very nervous about Georgia. If I remember correctly, you and Idala on this program after the second indictment came out, the Mar-a-Lago one. Uh, no, the documents one, yes. You said to me, wow, this one scares the hell out of me. This one, I can see a real scenario where he goes to jail. You were pretty terrified. So, right. simple question. Which one are you more scared of now, two or four? It's hard for me to say, but the reason that Artie and I both said what we said about the Mar-a-Lago is, in the history of espionage prosecutions, no one, no one in the modern era has been convicted of that crime and escaped jail. Everyone goes to jail for that crime. Georgia is a, is a rough a haul for him because of his former colleagues in his inner circle will be testifying against him. You think Mark Meadows is going to be a, a co-defendant? No way. Meadows will cut a deal. will tell the prosecutors what they, uh, what they want to hear. He'll skate. And Trump will be in the in the courtroom listening to his former confidant reveal his innermost uh, uh, musings and thoughts from the Oval Office. It's reprehensible, but that's the way the system works. So I, I don't want to skate answering your questions. I love to answer tough questions from you, but I'm terrified of both of them. And I'm trying to wear my my judicial hat here. I'm not wearing my I love Donald Trump hat. I'm wearing my judicial hat here. These, this, this stuff is dangerous. I'll tell you what else is dangerous. Monday night, this coming Monday night in Mar-a-Lago, the former president is going to hold a nationally televised press conference at which he and his lawyers are prepared to refute all the allegations in the indictment. That is the worst thing they can do. That is showing the roadmap of their defense to the government. They have no obligation to do that. They should not even tell the government what their defense is. They should leave the government wondering and worrying what the defense is until the moment that the trial starts. This is a political decision on Monday night, and it's going to hurt them legally. I've been saying that all week. I hope the message gets through to them. You know what's scary to me? And that's a great job, Judge Knapp. Great job. All of it. Everything you just said. What's scary to me is not indictment number two or indictment number four. What's scary to me is that the DOJ, this is old news, but we'll do it again, has decided to go after a guy that's really done nothing wrong. And you got a sitting president right now, and now we've got a lot more than just a couple of pieces of information, a lot more, making pretty clear that somewhere between 20 and $50 million, not Hunter, not Uncle Joe, not the kid, Joe Biden, Jimmy, I should say. Joe Biden received somewhere between 20 to $50 million by allowing his son to use his name. He 1,000, 1,000% is a criminal, 
and corrupt. And yet we just spent the last seven minutes talking about a bunch of trumped-up charges. Well done. Trumped-up charges and really nonsense. It could turn out to hurt him, but nonsense when you compare it to what is being levied against Joe Biden. And there's more proof that Biden did it than Trump. I could not agree with you more. But as O'Reilly just said in that the tape that he just gave, we are the subject of institutional uh, media. And they, with the exception of you and my podcast and, and O'Reilly's show and a bunch of others, but for the most part, they decide what we hear and what we mentally digest. And right now they're beating uh, the drum beats against Trump and they're ignoring the case uh, against Biden. It, it may take a Republican victory in 24 and a Republican president in January of 25 to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate old Joe. Guess what? There's no the, the statute of limitations is gone. Old Joe can be humiliated. He can be relegated to the to the dustbin of history, but he can't be prosecuted. You want to see Trump debate next Wednesday night? I do want to see Trump debate. I want to see Trump and Chris Christie, who's a longtime friend of mine. I know you're not crazy. About He's a fat, backstabbing jerk is what he is. But I want to see them go toe-to-toe. No, me too. Everybody wants to see them go toe-to-toe. But if I were Trump and I had 50% and, and DeSantis is down in the low 20s and Christie's down in the, in the low single digits, I wouldn't waste my time. There you go. Now, where can people hear this uh, this podcast of yours? Uh, now, when you come on and you say you get big numbers, you're not lying. I, I can absolutely, to my audience, state for a fact that Judge Knapp gets a huge audience for his podcast. So what days does it come out? Where do they get it? Give me the whole lowdown. So it's Judging Freedom on YouTube. Uh, it's always there. I do about uh, four hours of new content every day. Wow. And we get about we get about three million views a week. That ain't bad, Sid. Oh, no, that is fantastic. Well, good for you, Judge. Keep writing those columns. Keep doing those podcasts. Keep coming on with me. And uh, keep talking because you're brilliant and America loves you. And most importantly, I love you. Thank you so much. It's the highlight of my week, my man. And Thank tell you. O'Reilly I love him. I always do. <laughs> you better you better be there October 27th, Judge, at uh, in Huntington. All right. There he is. For the world. All right. Judge Napolitano every Thursday talking about Bill O'Reilly. He's going to join us coming up. Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Carrie Lake. But first, a little more Captain Jack by Billy Joel. So you stand on the corner in your new English clothes And you look so polished from your head down 77 WABC This is Sit in Friends in the Morning No, I get by with a little help from my friends Turning now to the latest in the fourth indictment of Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants. We're learning the Fulton County DA wants to take this to trial on March 4th. All this is the former president is still going full steam ahead on his 2024 presidential campaign. The first Republican presidential primary debate of the campaign right around the corner. Just around the corner. In fact, that debate is next Wednesday and Trump is already saying he's probably not going to end up going or showing up because he doesn't need to. That's because the polls are showing he is blowing away his rivals. Despite what the former president and his allies have said for now more than two and a half years and continue to insist to this very hour. Shut up, Gotti. The Georgia election was not 
stolen, and I had no right to overturn the election. Backstabber. Backstabber. We're going to turn now to the horror in Maui, the desperate search for the missing, the death toll surpassing 100 now. Here for the first time, video believed to be at the start of what could be the earliest reported fire on Maui. A witness describing what appears to be a flash in the distance. Surveillance video of a spark, a flash, and a downed power line. Did this moment play a role early in this disaster? If anybody here hasn't seen him or heard him speak yet, well, you're in for a treat because he's going to bring you to church. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna bring you to church. I give you Curtis Lewa. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. Kathy Hochul, you have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York, for American citizens who need to be hailed, healed. So make use of Creedmoor for what it was built to do, to help people with mental health care issues, not house, illegal aliens. I seen two of y'all walking off over there, and you got to keep teammates fighting. What do you do there? No one, no one. What are you doing there? Not here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? I don't want to see y'all walking off when somebody's fighting. Yes, sir. Never did. Fight. That's a theme today, folks. That was Deion Sanders, Pro Football Hall of Famer, now the head football coach at the University of Colorado. Some of his players got into a fight yesterday, and he got pissed when they didn't defend each other. Not here. We're going to fight. The fight for the city has begun with Curtis Sliwa and a bunch of very, very brave New Yorkers. Thousands in attendance last night outside of Creedmoor. And quite frankly, I've been fighting all week. starting with Governor David Patterson, who I love. I love him. Went to the Met game with the governor and Keith Kantrowitz, who I like a lot, like him a lot. We had a great phone conversation yesterday. And one of my dearest friends, Anthony Carone, Mets Pirates on Monday night. But I had to set Patterson straight, too, on the migrant situation. And he was muttering and stuttering like uh, Henry Hill. or Joe Pesci called him out like a muttering, stuttering prick in Goodfellas. Same thing. And then yesterday was unfortunate, but, well, this... um. This happened with Peter King. Yeah. 21. Don't listen to Curtis. He knows nothing about this. Pete, I love you to death. He's been more right than you've been throughout this whole thing. Yes, he has. Dating back to Burke, 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 that low life and what he did. No, 100% right. Yes, 100% right. What was 100 percent right? Burke and his involvement and, and the and the and the well, DA at the no time. They, they went to prison, Peter. They went. You got to stop defending people who went to no, prison. No, not, you sound no, silly. I'm they went to prison. Know, and you don't know. You have no idea. No, 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 Pete. Pete you can say I don't know all you want. That doesn't Pete, mean you're I right. Know. You're defending Pete, guys that went to prison, Peter King. How does that make sense? You sound ridiculous. I'm sorry, I just they went to prison. 
Roger Stone went. He was he was Listen, arrested man. unfairly. Not those two scumbags in your no, town. No, you the scumbags. Yeah, you keep quiet for a minute. And listen to me. Jimmy Burke, what he was accused of, had nothing to Jimmy do with Jimmy Burke is a low life. Don't defend him. Please don't defend him on this show. Right. You want to do it someplace else, do it. Not here. Not here. No, I'm no. telling you. Hold on. Hold on. No, I don't care what you tell. No, no, no. No, no. You hold I'm on. You. you hold on. Put him on hold for a second. I am not going to allow Peter King to defend Jimmy Burke on this show. I don't care how much I love him, how many years he served in Congress. I am not going to allow him to, to, to take a, a police guy who was banging prostitutes, walking around with dildos, hanging out at Oak Beach. I'm not going to let it happen. It's nice that Peter's loyal to his friends. Ain't going to happen here. See, and if you think that was it, because <laughs> the very next guy. I wish we could have heard Peter say, like, the D word. I know. <laughs> right I love Peter. Listen, I don't, don't listen. I love Peter King. Peter King is, and I mean this sincerely. On my kids, I mean this. One of my favorite people in my life. He's a great man. He's a great man. My wife loves him. My kids love him. I love him. We disagree sometimes. That's okay. We certainly disagree on Ukraine, Russia. He's wrong about that, too, stupid. (laughs) And uh, this Kilgo Beach thing, too. But uh, that wasn't it. Of course, right after Peter King, my old buddy Anthony Scaramucci stopped by, and, well, this happened. Everything was fine until Donald Trump decided he was going to slow down the arms shipment. Okay, and he gave an opening for Vladimir Putin to attack. No, he gave the opening, right? So, right. So, so, but, but Putin, but, 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 wait, wait, but Putin waited. Then why didn't Putin? Then why didn't Putin do it, Anthony? Anthony, why didn't Putin do it when Trump was president? He just waited for Biden. He just waited. Trump or President Putin would be in Warsaw. No, 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 no. no. That's not saying would be. Stop saying would be. NATO alliance. Anthony, stop telling me. Anthony, Anthony, you work in would be's. I work in facts. You work in would be's. When Trump was president, when Trump, when no, you're not giving me any facts. You're giving me no. no. When Trump was president, was when Trump. Okay, goodbye. Put him on. Shut up. I'm done with you. I love you, but you're saying things that are so stupid. So stupid. I've asked you ten times. When Donald Trump was president, did Putin go in? The answer is no. But he paved the way. You, now, if the war started when Trump was the president, Anthony, you would sound smart with all of your weaponry stuff. The facts are the facts. There was no Ukraine-Russia war when Trump was president. It started when Biden came in. These are facts. Stop telling me what would be if Trump was president. None of the, no, no, you're wrong. So that was uh, yesterday. <laughs> and then you got scared again, so you got scared from your own. Time. So I'm all fired up, and, and then I, I find out from Curtis, of course, that he's going to Creedmoor, and he said all day, I'm going to be arrested. And that man is true to his word. He was arrested for the 78th time. He arrived here at about 6 o'clock this morning for his 7 a.m. spot. He was only out of jail at that point for about three hours. <laughs> that was it. But, man, did my guy Curtis... Leading thousands, upwards of four or five thousand people do New York, me, all of you folks listening right now, he did your proud. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you like Eric Adams. Todd Shapiro, if you're listening, I don't care if you like him. Cuts. I don't care if you like Eric Adams. You cannot intelligently, logically make an argument for what's happening in this city right now. You just can't. And if you try, you're going to sound stupid. And biased, so don't. Here's Sliwa out there saying, and Kathy Hochul, here's what's really going on. Curtis Sliwa, this was his best cut of the night, I think. This is uh, Curtis Sliwa, cut number three. Go ahead, play this. 
PlayStation, 72-inch plasma TVs, culturally prepared food. What? You don't want a bagel with a schmear? I'll tell you what. What about con arroz, habichuelas, beans and rice? What? You want a chuleta on top, a pork chop, mangu, mafungo, pork rub hub. The taxpayers will pay for it. <laughs> One more. Here he talks about how both the mayor and the governor are epping us. And not the way we like it. Cut number five. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. You have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York, for American citizens who need to be healed. So make use of Creedmoor for what it was built to do. To help people with mental health care issues, not house illegal aliens. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, Mayor Sliwa. Uh, forget about Sid Rosenberg taking Adams or Hochul to task or Curtis Sliwa or a lot of other folks that end up on this station, a lot of folks. How about the governor? Yo, 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 yeah. Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul on record now blaming Eric Adams. Curtis brought up this morning, $1.5 billion. That's like a good number in New York. Remember, $1.5 billion is what Bill de Blasio... His wife squandered, stole, lost, who knows, on that Thrive program that should have had somebody like Jordan Neely in an institution, not trying to kill people on a subway. Now, my friend Daniel Penny is in front of a grand jury, Tom Kniff. $1.5 billion, that's what Adams seemingly can't figure out what happened to in an effort to fix this migrant crisis. Kathy Hochul Lewis, cut number six. Let's be very clear. You cannot involuntarily take people from the city and send them all over the state of New York. Putting someone in a hotel on a dark, lonely road in upstate New York and telling them they're supposed to survive is not compassion. I guess Adams always makes the point, of course, he's compassionate, he's humanitarian, he cares about these people. That's all great. And Eric has a good heart. I know Eric. He's a nice guy. Got a good heart. He puts politics and race and all these other things before anything else, no matter what he tries to sell you. Not a bad man. But he talks about his compassion, and Kokel said, you're going to take somebody from a different country and put them on a bus to Swan Lake and put them in some dark, dingy hotel room, and that's compassion? So Adams responded. This is the mayor, Lewis, cut number seven. If her observation is that here's some things that you can do differently, we're all in. One thing no one is stating that we didn't do, we've housed 100,000 people, unlike any other city. Yeah, well, for the millionth time, maybe it wasn't such a good idea, Eric, to yell and scream, hey, I'm your sanctuary city, I'll take care of you. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea to be at the very front of the welcoming line when they first started coming. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea to put these people in four-star hotels while homeless and veterans didn't receive nearly the same treatment. Now you're upset? Too little, too late. But he did kind of squash this rumor about a fight between him and the governor, which does exist. I'm telling you it does exist. But he tried to squash it last night. Here's the Mayor Lewis, cut number eight. People want to see the governor and I fight. That's not going to happen. It is happening. I like her. 
Yeah. She likes me. Whatever. And the things that we can learn from each other, we are going to do together. Yeah. Know what's happening. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, it gives me a big erection. What? I was saying we're waiting for Zuck versus Muck. <laughs> yeah. Hokel versus Adams. I like that. Is Zuck versus Muck really going to happen? I don't believe so. I don't ask you what you believe. Is it going to happen? No. Well, they say it is going to happen. I'm saying it's not. Let me go to Noam. Uh, Noam Layton, <laughs> my uh, news director. I heard it's happening. Yeah. Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. What are you hearing? Well, there were reports that one of them had reached out uh, to uh, authorities in Rome to use the Colosseum as a place to pull off yeah. this battle. And I think that was Zuckerberg because he seems to be the one training and taking it very, very seriously. Well, I he, think. Yeah, I mean, he's been training for years. He's ready for this fight. Yeah, it, but he just put out a tweet that said, Musk isn't serious about it, I'm out. Well, yeah, because he's been or training not, and taking it seriously, and Elon's not. It turns out Elon's a pussy here, not yeah. a Zuckerberg. I, I, I agree that with way. you. I agree right? with you. Yeah. Yeah. Not the geeky Facebook guy. He's ready to fight. Well, well he's the... probably right to, to be a pussy about it, because he's going to get his ass kicked. Right, he would. Who is, Zuckerberg? No, Musk. Oh, yeah, I know. Right, exactly. You could just start jumping yeah. a Tesla and drive away when you. <laughs> right, we got a big guest list still to come your way. Of course, it's Thursday. That means the big one of the week, Bill O'Reilly. Come on, Rock. Bill O'Reilly coming up at eight forty. You know what's funny about Justin? He's such an idiot. He's a Philadelphia Eagle fan, so he like kind of takes ownership of Rocky Balboa because he's a Philly guy. What are you? T- I never. I can just tell you, they're like, oh, he's my guy. Oh, please, Jesus. He doesn't even know who you are, so I still You know, he, you know, he and I had dinner once. Oh, cool. Alive. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. Poe Needle 910. Carrie Lake 930. Keep it right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hidden friends in the morning. 77 WABC. At some point, judges are going to have to step in and be a mature voice and say, look, okay, stop it. I mean, we, 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 this guy has got to prepare a defense in multiple cases. You're not the first prosecutor to file and get in line.
hero earlier. I said, you can have to play now, Winning for a Girl Like You by Foreigner, one of my favorite groups. A little more of this, Lewis. Winning for a Girl Like You, Foreigner. Lou Graham, what a great voice uh, this guy had. You heard from John Trotty there, too, on Fox, talking about the Trump indictments. Judge is going to have to step this up and tell these prosecutors to slow it down. They're trying to get this thing done in court before some of those big political dates, which start next year. Really, and you got your, your first debate, of course, coming up on Wednesday night. And, you know, in January of next year, you've got Iowa. Then you've got, I guess, March, Super Tuesday, and... Before you know it, it's going to be November of 2024 and Election Day. It's been coming, man. But these uh, these Trump indictments, so ridiculous on the surface, but in its totality, certainly at the very least troublesome for my friend Donald Trump. And it reminds me of a song, Lou, by the Spin Doctors. Indictments here before you. That's what Trump said now. Indictments, indictments coming for you. Just go ahead now. Three has arrived with the proud boys. That's what's spread now. Fourth one, election interference. Record those calls now. Indict him, indict me. He says he's super innocent. Can't you see? I see the dance on my nuts. Nicely done, Chris Libertini, Chris Bavona, and Lisa Orban. And uh, that, folks, is a clear indication of uh, this is what happens when you do drugs before you come to work. Uh, Ted Cruz <laughs> was on with Katz and Cosby yesterday, and he's all pissed off like most rational Americans are. I understand the Trump guy, and I'm a Trump guy now, okay? But I understand Trump can do no wrong, and on the left, he can do no right. But there's a lot of folks that are just normal people. They're just normal. You know, there's... You know, you, you get all carried away because we do this for a living, so we think everybody's doing this. They're not. There's probably going to be more people watching the Browns play the Eagles in preseason football tonight than Sean Hannity. Trust me. We think this is the end of the world. This is it. Everybody's watching. Everybody's in. I can't tell you how many times I go out with people. Anecdotal, maybe. But how many times I go out with people, they have no idea. They're like, I don't really like Trump. He's, uh, he's bad. Why? Like, like Anthony Scaramucci, who's a very smart guy yesterday, but sounded like a child. Why? Well, I don't need to tell you. He's just bad. What about Biden? He's bad, too. Oh. Well, who are you going to vote for? Well, I don't know, because there's like 8,000 million, billion, billion people in this country, and you're going to tell me these two old bastards are the best we can do? Well, that's who it's going to be. Well, I don't know. I don't like either one of them. That's the dumbest answer I've ever heard in my whole life. You're going to have to choose at some point. Hello, Craig DeFrancia. How are you, buddy? My buddy Craig DeFrancia, who I spent time with on a Zoom yesterday. 
my newest movie endeavor. Um, you have to make a choice. The old, I don't like either one of them, ain't going to work unless you're going to vote for Ron DeSantis in the primary. <laughs> wasted time that is. Or the new hot guy, Vivek. Another wasted time. Did Eminem in Iowa now thinks he's America's sweetheart? Calm down. So no one knows what's going on out there. And, uh, people don't care all that much like we do, you know. But for the folks that are paying attention, that are rational and level-headed, they see what's going on, and it's not right. Ted Cruz, courtesy of Katz and Cosby last night, cut number 17. I froze one second. 17 is uh, Cruz. I like Ted Cruz, though. Right now, I am more and more angry each and every day at the politicization and the weaponization of our Justice Department. We are seeing two standards of justice, one for the enemies of the White House. And we saw just this week indictment number four, although it's hard to keep track of of how many times they're going to use the legal system to go after Donald Trump. It is nakedly political. It's an abuse of power. And at the same time, we see the Biden Justice Department actively covering up and doing everything they can to protect Hunter Biden and protect Joe Biden from any consequences of their misconduct. And, and it's infuriating and deeply harmful to the rule of law in our country. How do you give John Katzmatidis credit? That's a great guest, Ted Cruz. He also had Andy McCarthy on yesterday. That's why Katzmatidis is kicking Sean Hannity's ass. Every day, kicks his ass. Look at this guest list he provides. Now, I think McCarthy a bit pie in the sky, getting this Georgia case moved. Possible, I guess. But I speak to a lot of attorneys on this show, and not just your everyday attorneys, the best in the business. Guys that people like Donald Trump, Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein hire. And again, I think it's a bit pie in the sky, but Andy McCarthy, here is Andy McCarthy's point on Katzmatini's show yesterday, cut number 15. The uh, lawyer for Mark Meadows, who was, of course, uh, former President Trump's chief of staff and is now one of his co-defendants in the big racketeering case, um, he moved uh, yesterday to have the case removed to federal court. And I read his uh, papers today. He's got excellent lawyers, so not surprisingly, they're very strong papers. I think the case is being moved to federal court. Let's hope so. We keep hearing about venue changes, state to federal, judges recusing themselves. So far, we got dick. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe there is some hope. We'll see. I'll tell you who provides hope for me every day, and he does for all of you out there, because he comes on and speaks the truth. That's Bill O'Reilly. He's coming up in about uh, six minutes. In friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Joseph Takapina. Jojo, you heard O'Reilly talk about a civil rights suit. I don't know if it's possible. I'm not even sure if it's winnable or if it's something you would even consider. Is O'Reilly just kind of grasping there or does that make any sense? It makes sense from a person's standpoint, Sid. It makes sense from an American standpoint where to the obvious if you're not partisan or biased or if you put that to the side wherever side of the aisle you lay on and you just look at this it is clearly clearly a coordinated effort to keep him out of the white house now that being said there's a difference from us all saying that on the radio or us feeling that and us believing that and us even knowing it to be true then going into a, a federal court and arguing that 
based on evidence, right? And that's the problem. Look, we have to be careful about that kind of stuff because the judge in D.C. already ruled in regards to there being a political motivation behind that case. She already, in the first court appearance, said, I find no evidence of that. We cannot go into court, myself or Todd or any of the lawyers working for the president. There's a squadron of us, right, without evidence to back that up. Look, we all know what what Bill O'Reilly said is right. The difference is going into a federal court to say it's a coordinated effort, and here's the evidence of it. Difficult. What's the evidence of it? Can't do it. No, it's much more Saying we all know is not the evidence. We'd have to get hardcore evidence like recordings, conversations, text messages, emails, something like that. And that may come out in time. That may come out in time. The time is just not right now. See, the moral of the story here is when Bill O'Reilly asked me to do something, I do it. All right, he said, get Idala on the phone. I got him on with Bill that day. Get Takapina on the phone. I got him on yesterday. Bill O'Reilly asked me to do something, and I do it. Because I respect him and love him so much. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews and columns. It's a great TV show. No one does a better job providing real news with real opinions than Bill O'Reilly. His killing series continues to kill it. And don't forget, coming up October the 27th in scenic Huntington, Long Island, a New York state of mind starring O'Reilly and Rosenberg at the Paramount Theater, I believe there's still about five or six tickets left to buy. Here he is, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Okay, every time I hear the word tacopina, uh, I I order tapioca pudding. I, I, I have been doing that for 10 years. I, I, it's a compulsion. Um, look, the, the counselors, uh, Adal and Tacopino, brilliant man, and um, it's worth the... Uh, $85,000 an hour they charge. Um, <laughs> but I'm a simple man. I don't have a law degree, okay? My daughter's in law school, um, but I don't have one. However, if I'm Trump and I'm sitting with my lawyers, I say to him, to the lawyers, you've got to challenge each and every one of these charges as being frivolous. You've got to get them thrown out. That's how you get into this conspiracy thing. You see what I mean? You don't have to bring in tape recordings of Fanny talking to Bragg about, oh, we're going to hose them and and here's how we're going to do it. You don't have to do that. What you have to show is that Fanny and Bragg brought these charges against Trump in a way that is irresponsible. Do we all understand that? And then once you start knocking the things down, what has he got, 99 charges against them? 91 to be exact. Okay, so say you throw out 71 out of the 91. And the judges have to rule on all of those. You present evidence of the frivolous. There's nothing to back this up. And then you build your case for, well, wait a minute. Are these people stone cold stupid? Is this just a coincidence? Anyway, these guys are a lot smarter than I am in the law. I'm a simple man, and I am a reporter historian. Let me make a couple of points here. Napolitano was absolutely right that Donald Trump should hold a fundraiser to help out Giuliani. And I'm going to say that tonight on the No Spin News. Oh, my God. Bill, you don't understand how this guy every week makes it a point to say hello to you. He clearly adores you. You just said that unprovoked. He's going to be so happy. He's probably running down the street naked right now in New Jersey. Well, I hope they arrest him. (laughs) Nobody should be subjected to that. All right. 
So that's number one. Oh, All right. And, you know, if your friends, even if they're misguided, they try to help you, you have to help them back. And I think Trump, you know, this is a kind of a litmus test for him as a person, and he should do it. It's not hard to do. I mean, I did four shows with Trump. And if I told you the number of how much money came in on those four shows, you'd never believe it. You know, but here's my, but here's my, my, and you know Trump a lot better than me, maybe Bill, uh, a lot better than anybody. I can see Trump saying, "Hey, Rudy, baby, don't don't come." I felt badly for you, but you've been indicted once. I've been indicted four times. I'm the guy we ought to be worried about. So what? He says that there's a problem. The problem is that your friend and the guy who went to bat for you is bankrupt. So if you can help him without any, you know, money flowing out of your account, then do it. Right? Yes. I do it for you. I do it for you. In a heartbeat. I mean, if, if if you get popped between now and October 27th on something, I'll give a portion of the, the proceeds to the show that you and I are doing to your defense fund. Make sure you save yeah. this tape, Justin, please. <laughs> So that's that. Now, I'm not trying this case on television and radio, whereas everybody else is, and that's annoying to me because most of it is just BS, pure BS. I've been watching the TV uh, network and cable coverage. Very few people have any good points. The best of them are Turley on Fox and um, the columnist uh, out in the West Coast, whose name will pop into my mind in a moment. They're they're both against the prosecutions for various reasons of, of the Trump people. Now, I've said all along that Mar-a-Lago, that's a problem for Trump, all right, because he didn't do what he should have done, period. I got letters, and I'll read some of the letters tonight and all that, but he didn't do what he had done. Yeah, I mean, you, you actually, that, moment, was, that was on your morning moment, message this morning, and, and you said, yeah. I got to tell you, I, it would have been so easy. I mean, easy. You, right. Easy. Just, yeah, here they are. That's what Biden did. That's what Obama did. As soon as the letter came in, I take whatever you want. So what? We all have copies of it. We all know what it said. It was so ridiculous. It would be hard, all right, to get around that. And I said I would plea it out because that's not a jail offense. I mean, you know, you plea it out like you get Hunter Biden's lawyer in there and then, you know. It was ridiculous. Okay, just get rid of it. Now, last night on News Nation, I was on with Cuomo, okay? And, again, Cuomo, he convicted Trump in like eight years ago. Uh, Chris, I hate some he convicts him. All right, we all understand that. And then the people who love Trump, he's not guilty of anything. He's never done anything. You know, by the way, let me stop you for one second. He's a phony, uh, much like Joe and Mika hate Donald Trump. You remember when Donald Trump... First came down the escalator. They put him on like every week. I distinctly yeah, remember, yeah, Chris Cuomo early on interviewing Donald Trump and not only loving Donald Trump, but saying, you and your father, uh, Fred Trump, and my dad, Mario Cuomo, were great buddies, and I'll basically always love you to this day because of that. So he's another phony that hates Trump now, but didn't back in 2015. All right, I don't know anything about that. All I know is that I presented this fact. I want everybody to just take a deep breath and listen to this. There are 159 counties in the state of Georgia. None of the district attorneys 
of the state in 158 counties joined with Fannie Willis. Be tender with my love, Fannie. Okay? <laughs> She's very good. None of them. Okay? What does that tell you? Not one went into this case on her side. That is astounding because it is a statewide beef, not an Atlanta beef. You would think that some of the district attorneys there would say, yeah, it happened in my county, and I'm going to sign on with this too. No one. And the hapless attorney general of Georgia, that's his jurisdiction, not Fannie's. Because, again, it's a statewide beef. The allegation is Trump and his crew tried to overturn the electoral votes of Georgia. That is beyond dispute. You cannot dispute that. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Fannie was going to do this no matter what. And she waited two and a half years for the precise time that it would do the most damage. That is political prosecution. So to me, historian journalists, there is no question that this is a political prosecution designed to influence the vote in 2024 one way or the other. Couldn't agree. And I'm going to add one little caveat to this. Maybe you've seen this meme. Maybe you haven't. You're not, you're not a meme guy. Neither am I. I just happened to see this. But I saw a meme yesterday of Fannie Willis reading the charges. There's actually a man in a wig. And the man reading the charges was Barack Obama. Someone seems to think he's the guy behind this the last couple of years. And he's one of the guys pulling the strings to make sure these indictments did, in fact, happen. I would never even consider that. Really? Because it's a colossal waste of my time. Um, if, if somebody can come up with an email that Obama sent Fannie and said, go get him, then I'll do, do you not think, well, Hold on. Do you not think that Barack Obama is still uh, telling Joe Biden every now and then what to do? I don't think Barack, I think Barack Obama is so shrewd that he would never directly do anything like that. Okay. If he wanted to do it, it would go through eight people. Okay. All right? I mean, this is a, a brilliant man, Barack Obama. I know him. All right? He doesn't, he's not going to put himself in any position ever to have anything come back at him. But anyway, the big, the big question here now is the Supreme Court is going to have to get involved with this. And because it is a blatant attempt to nullify presidential votes. That's what it comes down to. There is nobody in New York City that doesn't understand Alvin Bragg would never bring the Stormy Daniels case against anyone else. Bragg lets heavyweight heroin dealers walk. He lets gang members, violent gang members with 18 convictions caught carrying a loaded gun walk. Yet he prosecutes money to Stormy Daniels? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's number two. Political prosecution in New York, political prosecution in Georgia. Then you get into Smith, the special prosecutor. Okay? So what does Smith allege? 
the main point that Smith has presented to the grand jury is Trump knew he lost the election, but lied about it anyway and tried to overturn it. Do you believe that? I don't believe it. And as you said, I have access to Trump probably more than anyone else. I don't believe it even a little. Even a little. I mean, I sat there in April for two hours with him over dinner at Mar-a-Lago, which he paid for up front, okay? And I had dessert. I ordered dessert, okay? <laughs> two yeah. hours. And I'm a pretty good read of people. Yeah. He was adamant that he won that election. No doubt. Every way. And I don't kiss his butt saying, oh, you're right, Mr. President, you're right. I never do that. I always raise, you know, questions about things. And one of the questions I raised was, why would you let Rudy Giuliani run all over the place and not appoint a special counsel yeah, yeah. to look into the fraud? But again, going back to this court case, whether he was right or wrong is immaterial. Uh, all that matters is what he believed, and he has That's said right. it, Bill, every day. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've said it would be in Donald Trump's best interest to stop bringing up the election. We've said it a thousand times. Bernie, God rest his soul, used to say it. He has said right, it every right, right. day. So we all know that. The same thing we know about Bragg wouldn't bring this charge against anybody else. We all know that Trump wanted to believe he won, and that was it. Yep. But the heart of the special prosecutor's case on January 6th is, no, he knew he lost. And that's not that's going to fall apart too. Well, no, but you keep well, but you keep telling me that you, well, you you keep telling me and again you're my you're my Dalai Lama. You keep telling me that uh it will fall apart unless and here's what I do disagree with you. I'll say it on record. Mike Pence, I don't think Pence can do anything. But, but he but Sid, last Sunday he they asked him the question on Meet the Press and he said, "No, I didn't hear it from the White House. I heard it from the media." About the electors. That's what Mike Pence said. Yeah. So then it becomes yeah, complete I garbage. It, I played it four times on the No Spin News on BillOReilly.com. So then it's complete garbage. I don't know that. I don't know what he's going to say under oath. Unless he heard it from Trump, it doesn't. Unless he heard it from Trump, it doesn't matter, Bill. Look, what matters is the overarch on this thing. Number one, this is a political prosecution. It's designed to influence the way the presidential vote is held in 2024. That is the most important part of the story, and that is why eventually the Supreme Court will have to get involved, and Trump better hire the best constitutional lawyer in the world. Alan now, Dershowitz, that's uh, who I'd hire. Well, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. So we have 150 tickets left at Huntington. That's all we have left uh, on October 27th, Friday night. Uh, O'Reilly and Rosenberg, a New York state of mind, going to be, if you go to this show, you'll never forget the show. Uh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be relevant to your life, and it's going to be no holds barred. It's going to be everything out there. So all we have is 150 tickets left. You go to Ticketmaster, BillOReilly.com, Paramount Theater in Huntington. Want to set you up. You know, anybody who wants to go, you got to move it, and then if you can't go, you sell them on a secondary market like we talked about last <laughs> week, and you make some money. All right. I love that. 60 seconds to go. I'm going to ask you to be a prognosticator here. When you and I walk out on the stage together, about two months away now, October 27th on Long Island, 
the story of the day for that day for Donald Trump will be what? The same as it is now. He'll be ahead um, by a big, wide margin in the Republican primaries. None of this stuff will be even close to being adjudicated. His lawyers will be able to delay this until, uh, you know, five years from now because there are just so many holes in the cases. And I know Takapina and Idalia will agree with me. You can delay this all day long. You can challenge all of this crazy stuff. Now, nobody's seen discovery. Discovery is the key. All right, what people are going to say and present under oath in the court of law. But you can back it up and back it up and back it up. So by Halloween, uh, when Sid is going to come out dressed like a mobster because of his movie, um, <laughs> I'll come out just dressed like a Catholic school guy. Um, and, you know, it'll probably be pretty much the same as it is now. Yeah, I agree. Hey, this was a, a special conversation. The ratings just went through the roof. I was just contacted by John. So uh, thank you so much, Bill. You're the absolute best. And, folks, listen to Bill, ParamountNY.com, BillOReilly.com, Ticketmaster. Spend a big night with us coming up in October. You're special, Bill O'Reilly. Thank you so much. Always fun, Sid. Thanks for having me. Same here. Bill O'Reilly. Check him out tonight, 9 o'clock. And, of course, the no-spin news, BillOReilly.com. So lots more to do. Big 9 o'clock hour. Bo Deedle and Carrie Lake. Keep those numbers humping, folks. Sid Rosenberg on a Thursday. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Lieben, Jeff Leppard, baby, come on. This show's been rocking and rolling. Big, big numbers. Big numbers all week long here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Curtis Sliwa knocking him dead. Judge Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly still have come at 930. The Queen of Arizona and maybe the next senator from that state, our friend Carrie Lake. But first, we put this time aside every Thursday morning. He calls in every Tuesday. He's live in studio every Thursday. Great cop, tremendous actor, and at this point, my best buddy. And that is the great Bo Deedle. Good morning, Mr. Deedle. Good morning, Hi, Sid, man. You've been on a roll. Wow. You <laughs> chopped up my friend Peter King. You <laughs> chopped up Scaramucci. I put him on my podcast. Hey, everybody should listen to Bo Deedle's true crime story. I had Scaramucci on it. Now, I wouldn't go into the weeds with all the bull crap, but I'm going to tell you something. He's a smart young man. He is. He has some really, when people start to learn about the direction of this country on the economy side. Now, here's a little little figure for you. Our, our uh, national debt is going to be 30, uh, over 32 trillion. trillion yeah. 33 trillion. Throw the trillions around. Our interest alone is a trillion dollars a year. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. But it gets better. Here's where it gets better. That 15 trillion plus only until 2022. So you had our friend Trump and right. we had seven and a half trillion with Trump, seven and a half trillion with dead brain Biden. So you got right there 15 trillion dollars. 
between both of them. I mean, this is half of what it was from George Washington getting the wooden friggin' teeth in his mouth. You're right, but as I try to point out to Anthony yesterday, but he wouldn't shut the F up. My God, there's anybody else talk. Uh, COVID cost yeah. Trump a lot of money. I agree. A lot of money. I agree. But all I'm saying is, you listen to Bo Deedle's True Crime Podcast, he makes a lot of sense when he talks about it, it was backed by the gold. He makes so much sense. And then Nixon. He makes sense as long as you're not talking about Trump. He's I don't got a hard talk on about Trump, Trump, and that's it. Talk- otherwise, he's great. I'm he's talking great. about the economy when yes. he brings out when we were backed by gold. And the one who frigged it all up was Tricky Dicky Nixon is the one who screwed it all. That's it's true. a great podcast. I want every American to listen to it, Democrat, Republican. He does. He has a little bit of a brain, Anthony, and I, I think he hit some really good cylinders. And I don't want to talk about Trump. And I stick up for you, too. You know that. Stuff. I know you do. All right. Now, more important is our I know. Friend. Actually, on the podcast, you actually brought me up and yeah. said, I kind of agree with Sid here, yeah. and then you disagree yeah. at another point, which all is right. cool. We got to send. We, some good things are happening a little bit, a little bit. Joe Esposito texted me this morning. They did a brain scan, and the blood clots are starting to diminish, and he's starting to speak well again. So Joe is on the men. Let's say all say oh, prayers thank for God. Chief Joe Esposito. See, he's been texting me. I don't hear yeah, him speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing was, he was a little bit with the with, with his problems going through. But we gotta, we gotta, we gotta pray for him. That's yes, it. Now, love him. Why am I here? So yesterday I was with Judge Weinberg. Right? He's a judge that was been involved with politics, the city council. Who was the best city council president ever? Peter Malone. I agree with that. My friend. My friend. Uh, Rudy Giuliani loves him. No, I'm talking about <laughs> he was able to walk through the ways as a Democrat, a moderate Democrat. Now, let me tell you something. Do you remember the last pre- uh, last mayor rec- election uh, with uh, Mayor Eric Adams? And what did he say? Who almost took him out? Uh, he, said he won by a sliver. Who was right there when they did this three-party voting system bullcrap? They injected five different candidates. You get a percentage. He almost lost. Oh, you're talking about uh, Maya Wiley? Maya Wiley almost took him yes. out. It was so close. Now, here's a little in- – in- I'm saying it on your show because I know the mayor's listening. Mayor, you're being targeted by these progressives to take you out and bring in a more progressive mayor because they're not even happy with what you don't do. But I'm telling you right now, you got to remember the, uh, what was that guy that got stabbed in his back and seized it out, the eyes of March upon you? That was Brutus. E2, Brute. E2, Wiley. I'm telling you something, Eric. you got to listen. you got to look behind your back. They're coming for you. Now, here's your answer. And I Bo Deedle comes with the answer and said, I met with John. I met with uh, Judge Weinberger. Oh, you did meet with John. I, I okay. met with some real estate guys. We have to do something. What is the biggest problem in New York City? Well, I'm glad you, you brought that up because, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, and I say this all the time, yeah. 2024, Trump-Biden is not the most important election for New Yorkers. Right. This November 2023, the city council, and we that get, is the most important. Right. Okay. There is something because I did my little due diligence. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I did it. Oh, there's you're a up thing, there. You're there's up a there. thing called the City Charter Reform Committee. And what happens is they put it on the ballot. We can't get on 23 because it's too close. We could put it on the presidential ballot of 2024. Save New York City. We could take the power away from these morons in city council that are for. First of all, the, the mayor doesn't want sanctuary cities anymore, but he can't do nothing because they, they stop him. The mayor wants to fund the cops. They can't do it because the city council stopped. 
the city council, he actually told me, they can't even balance one and one is two financially. Did you ever see who's in there? They just shove a guy in there, a gal in there. Duh, I'm a city council. Oh, give me my 150000 I vote the way you tell me about it. They're destroying this city. I talk to the real estate guys. When you get the REITs coming down from $160 a share to $17 a share, your life savings are going. All my rich friends, Vernado, Related, everybody, SL Green, you have your money that you built a beautiful thing in this city. And then you know what's going to be worth in another three years? Zabuckus. Oh, Buckus is a Jewish word. <laughs> Buckus. Because what's happening, the economy's going down. Crime is up. And it ain't a freaking perception, Mr. Mayor. Crime is up. People are scared. People are moving out. The taxpayers are moving out. We have to save this city. First step is going to be, let's take the power from the city council. What we do is we go put this uh, uh, city charter reform committee. We put big people on there. These are billionaires. I'll reach out to the tissues. I'll reach out to everybody. Right now, it's going to be you, Eric, coming on board, because we're going to give you the power back to do what you're supposed to be doing in this city. If we take out, because you told me, Eric, that you have a cock blocking from the city council. They block you every step. Well, you know, we do. We take them, we, we, we reform them and give them no power. Now, we set up another committee on law enforcement. Because when 90% of the people in New York say the biggest thing on their mind is crime, we have to deal with it. And those morons in city council are not. So we take them out. Oh, they'll, they'll take the city council over the next round. We can't beat them. We have no candidates. Although I tell everybody, vote. My point is, 2024, we have a presidential election. More people are going to turn out, and we'll get it all over. I'll get you on board. I'll get the liberals on board, people that care about their families. Most of all, the people with the billions that are giving you money, Eric, I'll hold back that money unless you support this reform charter committee. Okay? Here's your answer. So we can't say, I can't do anything because the city council. That's like having a Congress that's Democrats and a Congress, a, a, a Senate and a, a House of Representatives that are Democrats. And you being the president, well, you can't do dick. Just like you right now, Eric. You can't do nothing. Cock block, cock block. And then we want to support the law enforcement. That's part of my whole thing. Save New York City. I love this city. I'm not running away, Sid. And you ain't running you ain't going nowhere. You got my back and I got your back. Damn right. If we don't save this city, people that are listening right now, you won't be a victim or somebody you know will be a victim. It'll be over. New York City, you look out the windows here. Here, but let them go and buy motorcycles. No license plates. Uh, look at this. Julio Gonzalez from that. You're exactly right. And I heard say, what are they going to do with these hundreds of thousands of illegals? You know what they're going to do? They're going to rob you. They're going to rob everything. Are you kidding me? When do we put a stop to this? And then snaggle to Toko. Oh, now we're blaming each other. Oh, you did it. You did it. How about coming out and... And and stop the sanctuary city now. Stop this insanity. Oh, my goodness. Somebody asked me before to your point, Bo. That was brilliant, by the way. That was about five and a half minutes of brilliant rant radio. Somebody asked me, uh, well, what you want him to do, turn the buses around? And my exact answer was, duh. Yeah. No, no, no. Turn I the buses you, around. i tell you what. I got an answer. As, as they came here, we take the buses, take them off to the border, and let them out at the border. Right. Back, right. And give them rafts to get back over to Rio Grande. And if you got to keep them here, if you have to keep them here, yeah. you don't put them in Queens. You don't put them in. You put them in Rikers. You got acres and acres and acres of unused right. land. 20,000 Homeless beds. criminals and, not that they're all the same, but homeless 
criminals and migrants should all be living on Rikers Island. You know, yeah, you know, Sid, we, I can sit here and yell all day long and all that, but I'm, 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 I'm very serious about this. I am dead serious. I go to sleep at night depressed, thinking about it. I turn the news. I watch National Geographic and the Discovery Channel when I get home at I like that nine o'clock. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. I don't want to see anymore. Yeah. And then, and then with this devastation that happened in Hawaii, oh. there's going to be a th- over a thousand people. I guarantee you. Okay. They, they got incinerated. No one knows where 2,500 yeah, people. But don't went. worry, don't worry, because guess oh. what? I got good news. <laughs> Joe Biden is actually going to go there next week. It's only three weeks later, but he's going to go because yeah. he cares. I mean, at what point, uh, Governor? Hochul, I didn't go to your breakfast I, with John because I didn't want to embarrass John because I would have stood up and told you what I think about oh, you. Oh, no. Right now, you've got to step up, Hochul Schnaggletooth and Mr. Mayor. We've got to stop this cancer. we got to get well, rid of it. Let me ask you this, though. You're blaming Hochul, and no yeah. one dislikes Hochul more than me. I actually went with John Katzmatidis, my my uh, my second dad, to one of those clubs, the Harvard yeah. Club, the Yale Club, and I saw her speak last year, and I wanted to kill myself. I really did. But, 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 she claims, and Curtis confirmed, that they gave Adams a billion and a half, the same number your friend de Blasio's wife got for Thrive, and all that money was supposed to go to solve this migrant crisis, no one knows where the money is, uh, and Adams wants more money. How so about, how is that hocus? How about, I think it's something like $10 million a day? How about they got these slum landlords? Uh, I wonder where the kickbacks are. You know, Curtis is on to some. You're opening up. Everybody's buying a slam hotel. And now, instead of negotiating, oh, we'll give you $450, dollars a room. Now we're empty. And all we do is pay, pay, pay. Security. Security there. Uh, they, no bid security got. Bodino knows the mayor. I haven't got an hour of security. Not an hour of security. That's my point. My, my point, point is, I don't even. I don't need it. You know what I want? I want this city to turn out. And Eric, if you don't think they're coming for you, these progressives, they're coming for you next. And this is what's happening. We got to draw the line in the sand, Sid. And also, I gave him one of my American flags. You see this flag? I love the rubies one too. Yes. This white gold uh, grand, right? You got one. You gave me one. Yes. Well, how come you're not wearing it? I wear it all the time. Oh, Only fancy places. I gave one to the mayor. He better wear it, otherwise I want it back. You know why I don't wear it, to why? be honest? Why? Because I'm afraid in this city a white diamond American flag, someone's going to mug and or kill me. And that also goes back to your friend, the mayor, and how unsafe it is to walk the streets. And I'm a tough guy to walk the streets but, here in New but, York but, City. But my idea, and I pass it by attorneys and all that, this is a fact. If we got an an incompetent... Even Eric said to me, they can't, they have no idea about fiscal balancing, but no. all they do, give some more vouchers for housing, give it a, keep giving it away, where's it coming from? You know where it's gonna come from? It's gonna come from all my billionaire friends who are in the real estate building. You made your fortunes. You wanna leave it to your grandchildren, your children. You're gonna leave nothing. Buckus, buckus, cause this city will be destroyed. And the only people staying in the city is gonna be you and me, Sid. That's it. And, uh, our, and our Curtis, cats. Curtis ain't going well, anywhere. Curtis ain't going. You got well, 19 cats. Yeah, yeah, but the, the point, <laughs> The point is, and again, you, you got to leave Curtis alone about dressing up, all right? I mean, if you live in a 500-square-foot apartment with 19 cats, where are you going to keep those suits, those nice suits? He should, what we should do is we should get a locker here in the studio, and we, uh, we'll buy him some suits. We'll bring him to the... Uh, I'll bring him to Anthony. We'll bring him to Anthony. We'll buy him some suits. Yes. We'll have a locker, Curtis locker, because he certainly can't come in here with all the cat hairs. No. He, so, I mean, yeah. and, you know, I, I love well, Curtis. Well, 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 he is not, uh, he's not officially running yet, Bo, because... I thought I heard on your show. 
show that. No, no, it's, it's called an unofficial official run because, as you know, you ran for mayor. He has not collected one penny yet, and he hasn't formed his committee yet. So he's not running yet, but he is going to run 100%. Yeah. So my question to you is, while you dine with the mayor like I do, while you call Eric yeah. Adams your friend like I do, gun to the head right now. Who are you endorsing, Curtis Sliwa or Mayor Adams? Oh, well, I have to have him announce. I'm not going to pre-ejaculate. Ooh, okay. I'm not going right. to pre-ejaculate. All right. All right. Okay. When we well, really that, that's, that's new for you. Well, hold on. <laughs> well, when we when we get into when we get into the reality, yeah. then I'll decide. But I'm giving an offer. I have an olive branchy to the gov to the mayor. If you don't get sharpened up, you're going to be taken out. You'll be a one-term gun. They will take it out for Wiley Whiplash. I that know. communist, he doesn't realize they're stirring the soup now. He doesn't realize that? No. And he, really? He thinks he's going to get reelected. He thinks he's going to get nothing. It'll be, you'll be a one-term. Come on board. See the light. Come on board. Let's get rid of this 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 dysfunctionation in city council. He's how, a well, listen, How many people uh, do you need to put this is great work out of you. Yeah. How many people do you or do we need to put on this committee to ensure that it's in place? Well, here's, here's the, the idea is we're going to put as many as we want to come on. But there's I'm, no minimum number. No, no, I'm going to Al Sharpton. I'm going to sit down with Al, Al Sharpton. Sharpton. I know him when he was the fat rat in Queens when he was an informant yeah, for I the know. police. Now, he came out when he was in Washington. D.C., and he says, oh, my God, this capital with all the graffiti and the crime. Oh, my God, where are we going? You know what? Al Sharpton's a smart guy. Al Sharpton does what he got to do, but I'm going to try to get him on board to change this city and straighten this city. You think he would do that? I will ask him. I will ask him. And you want to know something? The fact is that he's he's actually, believe it or not, a good guy. He's friends with Sean Hannity. Well, I mean, everybody wants, but but here it is. What we do is we get big amount because money makes the world go round. We get a huge hot man with all my billionaire real estate friends. We start advertising on ABC, on all the communist channels, on CNN, everywhere, all the commie channels. And we start having people getting beat up, people riding around bikes, people getting stabbed, pushing front of trains. Is this where you want New York City to go? Or do you want the same New York City policy of getting rid of the city council? Let's go, people. It is not a Republican or a Democratic thing. It is New York City people. I want to fight for the city. And I'm here, and I'm fighting. I know Sid's are back me, John's are back me. Let's bring this mother to fruition. Everybody, stay tuned. We are on to something. And Mayor Eric Adams, you are a target of these progressives. Let's take them out before they take you out. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
So my dear friend Anthony checks in. I'm actually wearing a jacket that I bought at his place, the garage, legendary store in Brooklyn. It looks good, i got to say. He goes, L&B is all set up. Me, you, and Bo, anything else you want, anybody else you want to bring, let me know. He goes on to say, the last couple of weeks, your show has reached new levels of greatness. You are really distancing yourself from the pack. Well, who am I to disagree with that? So I wake up this morning and I go watch to Instagram. I do that. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Every morning at like 4.30. And I see this. And it was brilliant. From somebody named Carrie Lake. You ever hear of her, Lou? Um, slightly. Uh, yeah. sound, sound familiar. Got a book out or something. It's called Unafraid. You familiar with this? I don't know. But here's what she wrote this uh, person. She's very, very right. It's the Inflation Reduction Act's first birthday. Let's check in. Inflation was 1.4% when real Donald Trump left office. Under Joe Biden, 3.2%. And what she didn't add was that's gone down significantly, and it's still high. Prices are up 17%. Real wages are down 3%. Your family is spending an average of $709 a month more than two years ago while spending $900 a month to fund Joe's proxy war in Ukraine. Bidenomics is bankrupt. We need Trump back. So this lady, I decided to reach out to her. I found her. Turns out she ran for governor. <laughs> and maybe she'll be a senator. Maybe she'll be a VP. I don't know. She is uh, certainly capable and worthy of all of it. All kidding aside, here's my friend from Arizona, the great Carrie Lake. Carrie, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. I love that you had to track me down. It was so hard. You just went into your contacts and looked up my name. <laughs> I know, and I have this horrible habit, and I, and I, I do want to uh, apologize now because I forget some of my friends are on the West Coast. I've got a bunch, and you're in Arizona, and I text you at like 6 in the morning. For you, it's like 3 in the morning, and I apologize when I do that. So, But I, I just have to get to you. So. I do the same thing, though. Oh, I, I text people at very odd hours because I'm awake or I'm in a different state. And I think we, uh, you know, the funny thing is that when you text me at 3, sometimes I'm up and I respond to you, which is the crazy I know. Thing. I know. It's great. I love it. Um, yes, oh. you do do that because you don't, you don't sleep. Uh, you look great, but you don't sleep. But, but you don't sleep because you care. And uh, this uh, message you put on Instagram and Twitter this morning, here's Biden yesterday taking a victory lap for an Inflation Reduction Act, which does anything but reduce inflation. What they're doing is they're strangling us by raising interest rates to get that number down to which is still high 3%. I mean, he's doing a victory lap, and as you point out so well here, it's complete nonsense. Well, and they're going to try... They're going to try to do more. You know, one of the reasons we have inflation like this is they're printing money like there's no tomorrow. And they're going to try to do, I think, print a whole bunch more money when they start pushing these climate change restrictions on us, much like they did with COVID. They're going to lure these governors in with a whole bunch of federal dollars, with which federal dollars, which is our tax money. And they're going to print out money like there's no tomorrow if these governors will agree to do emergency closures because of the heat or because of the weather. And we're going to see, I, I believe, uh, a very serious recession coming up, maybe worse. Who knows? But, I mean, look at Joe Biden. He can't climb a, a flight of stairs. He doesn't know where the stage is when he's trying to get on the stage, get off the stage. And he's running our economy. And, you know, leave it to the Democrats to really try to turn everything upside down. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act. 
Anytime they have an, uh, a piece of legislation, they try to name it something really, you know, rainbows and lollipops right. act. And right. what you end up getting is a big heap of, you know, cow manure. No, listen, you don't you're get right. What they, no, you, like, they did that with the Infrastructure Act. There was very little money spent on infrastructure, the COVID Act. I mean, all these things they do, they, you're right, they give it a name. And the average moron on the street, and unfortunately there are more morons than smart people, there just are. They go, wow, this is great. Look, he, he cares. I want to vote for him. And then, you know, you bring on somebody like you, Carrie, or some congresswoman or senator, and they go, Sid, let me explain something to you. 6% of the money, 6 goes to what the title is of this bill. And then others that say, well, just so you know, Trump did the same thing. This is history in, in D.C. that they name these bills and... And uh, sometimes lots of money goes elsewhere. But to your point, I've never seen it this grotesque, like under this Joe Biden administration. Oh, I mean, that's a perfect word for it. It is truly grotesque what they're doing. This is the, the administration of putting America last because he's bought and paid for by the CCP in China. He's bought and paid for by Burisma, Big Pharma, the military industrial complex, Ukraine. The only person... He's not beholden to is you and me, the American people. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was talking to a, a family member who happens to be liberal, which is I, I'm working. I'm working to wake people up here and you got to work with your family as well. And and this person was telling me, look, I, I, I was talking about how President Trump gave us the greatest tax reduction of our lifetime. And my uh, family member said, well, I, I'm paid more taxes under President Trump. We, we, we did a little figure and we figured out why, because he made so much more. He, when he looked at the bottom, how many dollars did he pay in taxes? Because he made so much more money right. under President Trump. Right. Making like half what he was making back then. And so, of course, the actual dollar amount he paid is less now because he's not working as much because his job, his, his salary has suffered. Yeah. And so um, these people, you just have to walk them through it sometimes. And they try to make it confusing they give it these cute names the inflation reduction act and then these these liberals can go out and run on that i passed the inflation reduction act i signed it they have something to run on to get them back to dc because they want to stay there for life and end up like another joe biden right i mean i would just uh if i was uh, donald trump i'd say hey way to go that inflation reduction act what about the interest raising act? I mean, the interest rates. I mean, that's what's really killing this economy. It's killing us. And uh, that's part of the reason why the inflation is down to 3%, which, again, is still high. My, my, my fear, though, is that while you do a great job of explaining Bidenomics and why it's a complete failure, a complete failure, my fear, Carrie, and you were just in Bedminster, New Jersey, about three weeks ago with the president uh, promoting your new book. Great book, folks. You should read it unafraid. Is that... Donald Trump is not going to have the time to go out there and point all these things out because he's going to be spending more time in court, and this is true, more time in court than on the stump. And that's my fear. Got to be yours, too. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the, the plan for continuing to throw these indictments at him. It's election interference. It keeps him from being on the campaign trail, talking about the issues that people really care about. It forces him to be in meetings with attorneys all day and and it forces him to spend a lot of money on a legal battle. But this is where you and I, and, and when I say you and I, I'm talking about the good people of New York who are common sense like I've never seen before. This is where we have to come in. You know, We want President Trump back because we know that he's 
I mean, first of all, I like his enemy. I like the kind of enemies he has. He's got the entire deep state trying to stop him right now. And uh, he's, he's that much of a threat to this corrupt system. So that's why you and I have to get in there and do some talking. And, you know, we, we can complain about all of the indictments. And, and believe me, I complain about it because it's such a travesty. It's, it's horrifying to see our federal government weaponized in a political way like this. But we need to get up to speed on his Agenda 47. It's the most transformative agenda. It has solutions to all of the outrageous problems we're facing, many of them caused by Joe Biden and, uh, and frankly, the Uniparty in D.C. And we need to tell people about it. We've got to do the work because the media will never do it. They want him not talking about this amazing transformative uh, policy and agenda that he has for America that will turn things around starting on day one. And I think that's going to be our job to do that. Well, I said, I love what you just said. It's going to be our job, whether it's you, Carrie Lake, or me, Sid Rosenberg. And you're right. For the most part, it's going to be our job. But our good buddy, and I know he's got a 30-point lead, 35-point lead. Our good buddy has an opportunity to do it himself. And that comes up Wednesday night. So if I'm President Trump, and I know he went from I'm not going, I'm not going to at a rally asking the crowd and last week saying, well, maybe, maybe not in Iowa. That's why I really believe, despite his big lead, he does need to debate this first debate so we can get out there and tell people about AJ-47 and, and all these other things you just spoke about, uh, because or else it's up to Carrie Lake and Sid Rosenberg. You know, I, I actually, you're asking if I think he should be there? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know if we just went to a break. I'm like, Sid, are you there? No, I'm here. Um, you know, I, I I love the suspense. We don't know. I mean, everyone's waiting to see what Donald Trump's going to do next Wednesday, the 23rd in Milwaukee. Will he show up? Will he debate? Will he take the debate stage? Will he do something else on the side and kind of take all the attention away? It just shows you who the man of the moment is. It's Donald Trump. Is anybody saying, is what's Chris Christie going to be up to? What's he going to say? What's Ron DeSantis uh, going to do? You know, here I, I can see the pros and cons. He is so far up, and he's running against people who are literally polling at like zero and one percent. And they're going to get on stage and try to cause an embarrassment, do something to raise their, you know, stock and cut into Trump. So he's going to have five or six people cutting into him. You know he's going to have the moderators cutting into him, even though it's Fox. That's what I'm saying. Do you you, you want to sit there and watch that fat, stupid Chris Christie take shots at our guy because he's just fat, stupid, and jealous? Yeah, you make a good point. (laughs) This is why it's great to have a New Yorker's take, because you make a hell of a point. (laughs) I'd love it if he showed up. Yeah, me too. I think he's one of the great debaters of our time. I don't believe he had any debate experience going into running for office, neither did I, but he's got a lot of common sense, and he's a good listener. Yeah. He listens to what people are saying. If you ever have a conversation with him, he's really taking in what's being said, and he's so quick with the draw to come back out. So I think that um, if he shows up, no one's going to be talking about the other guys, and he'll know how to handle them. Um, and, and you know what? He could just divert every attack right back to his agenda. Right. And make them look like fools. Exactly. That's what I wanted to do. So I've got a good buddy. He's an Orthodox Jew living here in New York. I don't know if you have any of those in Phoenix or Scottsdale. I have no idea. Uh, but his name Actually, is Heshi. A lot of, a lot of um, New York Orthodox Jews moved to 
Arizona because of COVID and um, just some of the outrageous restrictions that they had, um, um, you know, when it came down to religious freedom and things like that. Well, there you go. And I will tell you, as a young asthmatic, my doctor once told my mom in a Brooklyn hospital, move your son to Phoenix or Fort Lauderdale tomorrow. I swear to God. So as she goes, ask your friend Carrie about her calling out the media and giving the shove it sign to the media at a press conference. Uh, uh, among the Orthodox Jews, you become a hero for that, Carrie. Congrats. <laughs> Good. Usually when I get ticked off and I do something like that, I have somebody who's, you know, uh, a bit more religious, and they're like, why do you have to do that? I, I'm appreciative that the Not my New people. York Jews love the fact that I gave the Shabbat sign. Yeah, she appreciates I, it because I didn't say it. I just did the, uh, you know, the, I guess, the sign language for it. <laughs> So um, I know there's been a lot of talk the last couple of weeks, and I apologize if we've been over this before or you have, but my audience really does dig you. You were in studio a couple of weeks ago for like an hour, you and Sergio with the book, and they really, really liked it. Uh, the uh, You running for senator, is that done? Is it almost done? What's what's the latest with that? You know, I'm, I'm actually contemplating it. I don't think my answer has changed much probably since we talked about it last. Um, I'm looking at the people who are running. And I'm realizing that we have an opportunity to pick up a Senate seat, get it in the hands of a Republican who's actually going to go back to D.C. and put we the people first, put America first. Or we can sit back, not jump in, and let either this outrageous, uh, and I hate to even call, use names, but this is an accurate description. He's a socialist Democrat hinging on being a Marxist. We can let him win or Kirsten Cinema, the incumbent, who votes with Joe Biden 93% of the time goes to all these um, globalist meetings, the WEF, goes to Davos, cares more about the, the billionaire hedge fund managers than the people of Arizona. And I know what the polling looks like. I know how the people of Arizona feel about me. They know that I'll fight for them every day. I've never stopped fighting for them, even when they, you know, stole our victory in this election. And so I'm really considering doing that. I, I, if we have an opportunity to get a senator in D.C. who can help President Trump move this agenda, this transformative agenda forward that will help all Americans, I've got to, I've got to be responsible and think about that. I can't sit on the sidelines forever. Nope. It doesn't mean I'm going to give up on my court cases. They're still moving forward. And I think um, we're going to have success eventually with one of our court cases. It's just going to take time to get these judges to grow a yeah. – Set of um, bowls. How do I work? How, grow a spine. Yeah, set of bowls, you can say on this show. You're in New York, all right? Now, we don't want to mess around over here. Okay. Grow some balls, you mother effers. Uh, <laughs> so uh, on the way out, about two minutes to go, this latest indictment, of course, is is Georgia. And, and all these things go back to the same thing. You know, he, he believes he got jobbed, and so do you. And you did get jobbed in the state of Arizona. So if anybody, we've said this before on this show, but it's true every time, if anybody can sympathize with President Trump about getting jobbed in an election, it's you. So certainly, no matter what he contends or my friend Rudy contends, uh, you agree, because it did happen to you. But just imagine, Carrie, if they started to come down on you for saying that or thinking that, because I remember Stacey Abrams said it. I remember Hillary Clinton said it. Nobody got arrested. Nobody went to jail. But when Lake or Trump says it, oh, my God. How was that okay? Oh, yeah. They're, they believe me. They want to come after me. They, the uh, Secretary of State fraudulently elected current Secretary of State, who's a cartel lawyer, by the way. Um, oh he's, uh, when I put a tweet out, he suggested that I be arrested for a tweet. I mean, this is where we're going. And it, 
And maybe there's somebody out there who says, yeah, well, then don't talk about Trump so much. Don't talk about elections. You know what? It's only a, a matter of time before whatever you're talking about is ruffling feathers and they don't like it and they're coming after you. So when President Trump says they're only coming after me, they're really after you and I'm just standing in the way. We're losing our freedoms right now. And I know that New Yorkers are not going to uh, be cool with losing their right to speak, with losing their ability to have free speech. And this is what we're up against. We're in a Marxist revolution right now, and I think we're in the final battles here. And, and i got to give the other side kudos because they're so diabolically brilliant. <laughs> that they, they just snuck this – they snuck all this up yeah, on us. Yeah, yeah, they did. And it was really like COVID was the great reveal to their plan. And now they are fast forward, marching fast forward ahead to take over this country. And I think that's really as serious as it is. And that's why we need President Trump in there. Well, that's it. I, nothing else to say. That was brilliant. The ending was brilliant. The whole thing was brilliant. Your book, Unafraid, is brilliant. You're brilliant. You're great. We love you. Fearless. <laughs> and you keep coming back and talking to New York, Carrie Lake, because this is your town. You hear me? This is perfect for you. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to come back and see you. Thank you, Sid. Have a great week, a rest of the week, and we'll talk again soon. Well, you were terrific. Thank you so much. All the love. Thank you. There she is, the great Carrie Lake. Folks, go buy her book, Unafraid. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Oh, we got to go. Big show today. Everybody was terrific. I want to thank my crew, of course, as always. Lou Rufino, spectacular job. Justin Ellick. Noam Layton, and everybody say hello for the first time, introducing our friend Sophia Perez, who does a great job here at the uh, very front of the building. She's replaced Elena Campbell now, who used to sit and watch uh, the show, the intern girl, people who want to know about radio. Yeah, the girl Elena, she was the intern, she used to watch the show every day. Yeah, oh, oh, Elena. Yes. I mean, it's very simple. If you want to learn how to do radio, you sit and watch me. That's the bottom line. So, Sophia's no dummy. We're done. Till tomorrow, everybody, on a Friday morning at 6 o'clock. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.